worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at MyBestBailBonds.com. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons the San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good Thursday afternoon, everybody. This is the Blitz right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. So happy to have you along. I'm Joe Reinagle. James Pledger is uh, punching the buttons in the glass box of fun that he sits in every day for many, many hours per day. Jason Minix has the day off, so we will drive this boat and let you know where we're headed. And we want you to come along with us because we got a lot of stuff to cover. That is for sure. The numbers to call are 656-3776, 656-ESPN. You can reach me on Twitter, at Joe Reinagle 210 Or if you're watching on YouTube, you can comment there if you would like. You can also subscribe and like us. Hit that thumbs up button, will you? I don't know. It's important to the guys over there that uh, run all the computer stuff and and everything. It makes us look good. You know what I'm saying? So just hit that. It doesn't take any time at all. Just a little thumbs up. It's it's outstanding. Again, glad to have you guys along on this Thursday afternoon. A little bit of chilly Thursday afternoon. You know, I had to stop and get gas today and got out and I thought I had, you know, just a little long sleeve pullover on. And I was like, man, it's cold out here. I don't know. The weather's weird, isn't it? I mean, yesterday was nasty. Today, it seems colder than that. This weekend's supposed to be nice. I don't know what to do about it, but I love San Antonio, so it's all good. All good. Got to tell you, though, before we get started, because I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself. I don't mind saying this. Um, put up some Christmas decorations today. I know it's the 14th. What am I waiting for? It's, it's, we're already, it's almost Christmas. But hey, what am I going to do? Finally got around to it. My wife, Maggie, buys this thing. It's a cover for the garage door. And it says Merry Christmas and Happy New Year on it. And you, you put this Velcro, uh, Velcro strip on the top of the garage. And it's supposed to, you know, open the garage. Well, look, I'm not the most uh, technical guy and, uh, you know, a handyman kind of dude. I just, you know, call somebody and, and pay them to do that stuff. So it's really not my thing. But I figure I can do this. You so you, it's it's like a big roll of tape of Velcro that you just put on the top of your garage, and this thing just is, it sticks on there. Well, <laughs> so I'm out there this morning after I got back from the gym. I'll knock this out in about five minutes, and I put this thing up. And and I <laughs> when I first put it up, I put it on the top where the garage doesn't open because when you open the garage, this thing is supposed to just fold up in there very nicely and 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 no problem. Well, I put the strip on top, not on the garage door, but on the little deal on top of the garage door. And when I tried to open it, well, 
the, the the deal didn't slide in like it's supposed to. So I had to start all over. Finally got this thing done after about 45 minutes. Something that probably would have taken about five or ten for anybody else that is a little mechanically inclined. And then you take these little bungee cords and you run them underneath the garage and hook them to the back of the garage. Thing looks fantastic. And I should have taken a picture. In fact, I probably will. And I'll post it on all the socials because I know you guys are dying to see this thing. But it makes the wife happy. And isn't that what it's all about? So I was proud of myself doing that. And then Maggie's got these caroler statue things that we put on top of the bookshelves there in the living room. And so I, I got that started. I didn't finish it. I guess she's going to finish it at some point in time today. But finally, the house on December 14th is starting to look a lot like Christmas. Now, now granted, we've had the Christmas tree up for a couple of weeks now. I put that thing up and, and put it together. It's an artificial tree. Um, and I don't know about, you know, if you guys are, I, I'm more of a real tree guy, but I kind of got over that, uh, when it's, I don't know, it's just easier to do. You just snap, 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 and the tree's up and you, and it works, the lights go and, and, and it's all that. So it turns out good. I'd still rather have a real tree, but you know, it's okay. Makes Maggie happy. That's all that matters. And AD says, happy wife, happy life. You're absolutely correct, my friend. So getting into the Christmas spirit as we're, uh, what, less than two weeks out? or It is less than two weeks out. We're about 10 days out from Christmas. Dude, I don't know about y'all, man, but the older I get, the faster time flies. It just flies. I mean, what the hell happened in November? It, it just seemed like we were at Thanksgiving just a few minutes ago. And and here we are, almost Christmas, and it's just nuts. But uh, I like this time of year, and it's just it's just a fun time of year. So uh, I don't know if you guys put up Christmas uh, decorations and all of that stuff, but it's just I wanted to get it done sooner. But then you just it, it days go by and you're doing stuff. We were at Army Navy and and just didn't get it done. But it looks good. I'm taking a picture when I get home, uh, and so all of you guys can see that. But I mentioned I went to the gym this morning, and I bring that up because I always have a great discussion with my buddy Ray, my brother, um, who, who, by the way, is a big goofball when it comes to sports. The guy's a big guy. He's a good dude. Love my brother. But, man, he is he's one of those guys that's opinionated as hell, and he's right no matter what. And, and you know, I don't know anybody else in the family that's like that, but he's that way. <laughs> So he starts telling me how crappy the NFL season has been and how bad the, uh, the, the, the games have been. And we get in this big discussion with him, big discussion with Ray, and, and I'm like, well, define crappy games. And I, I really, because I've heard that f- before, I heard it this morning, I think, and, and Rudy J has said it many times uh, from R&R in the morning, that, you know, the games, some of the games kind of suck. That they're not very good. And so I got to thinking, and I wanted to bring it up today so we could kind of hash this thing out. What is the definition of bad football? When you, look, when you watch a football game and you decide that it is a bad football game, what is your definition of a bad football game? Because I really don't understand. For me, football is, it doesn't matter what it is. It's good. I watch football. I enjoy the game of football, no matter what the score is. A three to nothing uh, game last week, or a 
you know, a, a 35 34 thriller at the end. I enjoy watching football. It's my favorite sport. I love it. And so it doesn't really matter what the game is. But I, I honestly do not know the definition of a bad football game. And I want to know exactly if, if you guys have an opinion on this and or, or you think you know the answer, I want to hear it. I want to hear what the definition is of a bad football game. And we actually did get to work out Chris Alvarado on YouTube who said uh, we just sit around and talk and don't do anything. Um, now, see, Ryan's chiming in on YouTube and says Vikings versus Raiders. And, and I, I understand. What was it? Three to nothing. I get it. And I didn't watch that game because I didn't, I, I didn't have it available to me. I'm flying home from Boston last Sunday, and the only game they had on the plane was the uh, Jets-Texans game. That was a bad game. That was it. No, it wasn't a bad game. It turned out to be a good football game. It was game. a bad game. <laughs> See? Now, now, what's your definition, Pledge, of a bad football game? Sloppy football, horrible offensive line, but that, receivers dropping balls, injuries. It's, it's football. Well, I'm aware. It's football. Everybody's definition of a bad game is different. Watching my team get their face stomped in. See, is that's a bad game. why you say it's a bad game because the Texans got curb stomped. It was nothing, nothing at the end of the first quarter. Exactly. It was the Vikings and it was the Vikings Raiders so, before it went to halftime. So your definition of a good football game is a lot of scoring and 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 right down to the wire and, and a thrilling finish. That's your definition no, of a good football game. I can game. enjoy a good defensive struggle. That wasn't a good defensive struggle. That was offensive ineptitude in the first half. There's a difference. Well, I think it was the defense that caused C.J. Stroud to play his obviously his worst game of the year. You that say Jets it was defense. the defense. I say it was horrible offensive line play that I've been looking at all season long. <laughs> well, you could say that. Not to mention the fact that Texans have a lot of guys out. Uh, I'm talking about skill players. They have a lot of guys out. Uh, but I think that Jets defense, it, you know, I think somebody finally told them, look, you're supposed to be good. And they realized that they're supposed to be good, and they played like it. That Texans defense is pretty good. Well, and they was. were in the first half. <laughs> See, I, I enjoyed watching that. Maybe I'm stuck on a flying tube and I have nothing else to do or nowhere else to go. Does it not frustrate you watching a defense that doesn't know that the running back is eligible out of the backfield? <laughs> that's bad coaching. Right? I mean, that, that, was, that was frustrating. That's bad coaching. That I just, falls under bad football. I enjoyed that football game. I enjoyed watching it. I enjoy watching the players. And and I just don't get what, what the definition of a bad football game is. Now, we get frustrated over bad calls. I get that. Um and 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 it, not a lot of scoring. I didn't watch that Vikings Raiders game, and it looked like when you just look at it, a three to nothing game uh, was probably a snooze fest. I don't know. Was there good defense? Was there bad play? Was there a combination of both? I don't know. I just enjoy the game of football, no matter what it is. I'm going <laughs> to sit there and watch it. And you know what, Pledge, you probably sat through that entire Texans game. I did, and it you was did awful. right. So, but you watched. But I don't think I would have sat through the entire Vikings Raiders game. I was invested in the Texans game because that's my team. Because that's your yeah. I don't think I would have been able to stay through that because it, you talk about bad football. 
the pasture, not Josh Dobbs, was benched in that game because of how bad he was playing. You know, and, and I, I hate that for Josh Dobbs because he came over to Minnesota and it was a great story, and it didn't last very long. And so I feel bad for Josh Dobbs, and now he's benched. Uh, and now we got a football game tonight that everybody's saying is going to be crappy because you got two backup quarterbacks going in this thing. No, you got the Chargers uh, playing the Raiders tonight. Eason yeah. Stick versus Aiden O'Connor. <laughs> now, Eason Stick. That's a hell of a name for a quarterback. Eason Stick. Let's go, Stick. <laughs> Where did Eason Stick come from? North Dakota State. North Dakota State. Those damn bison. Wow. Well, it's going to be interesting tonight, but you know what? I'm going to watch that football game. I'm going to watch that football game. And my good buddy, Rudy J this morning, was dogging that football game. And he was saying that he's not going to watch it. He'd rather watch a TNT game. First of all, there are no TNT games tonight, uh, basketball-wise. I looked that up because I wanted to see, well, what are the choices here? So uh, Cleveland-Boston? Basketball, is that going to be a better than the football game? I don't know. I don't really care to watch that. How about Chicago and Miami? Mm, not really. Now, maybe Minnesota and Dallas, they play tonight. Uh, maybe that might be a pretty good game. Both of those teams with winning records. Brooklyn and Denver, eh, perhaps. And then you got the thriller that's Utah and Portland. 8-16 and 16 <laughs> against a 6-16 six and 16 team. So I, I, I'm really not sure. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure that I would watch the NBA tonight over over the NFL because I'm a football fan. If you're a basketball fan primarily, I get it, and that's what you want. That's fine. I'm going to watch football any chance I get. If you're a football fan, I've got something for you to where you don't have to watch Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell if you don't want. What do you got? That ESPN for 30 for 30 on the 97 Heisman race was fantastic. You were telling me about that, so I need to check that out. But I probably will be watching the football game at, at just because that's that's what I do. And and look, we're running out of time. Football season is almost over. You've got Christmas Day and then the rest of the the winter to watch the NBA, the NFL, college football is all but over. We got the playoffs to look forward to, but the NFL's just about done. And this is the the playoff chase. Now, tonight has nothing to do with the playoff chase, <laughs> but it is football. What? Nothing to do with the playoff chase, but it's football, and I will be watching. And I, I, I just, if I had to bet, I bet you that most of you are going to be watching that. You mean Unless, to tell me course, those aren't two of the 13, 7, and 6 teams in the AFC right now? No, they're not. They're not. <laughs> Which brings up another thing, another argument we had today. Is the AFC bad? Or is it just parody? Is it the fact that there are a lot of good teams in the AFC, and that's why the records are what they are? And that you you look at the AFC, you look at the NFC, you see, okay, you see San Francisco, you see Dallas. Maybe you can throw Philly in there now. I don't know, but certainly San Francisco and Dallas. You got those two teams. In the AFC, you got a bunch of teams, I think, that can make some noise. And it's going to come right down to the wire. So is that bad football in the AFC? Or is it just that there are a lot of good football teams beating up on each other? So that was another argument we have that I thought I'd bring to the show today so we could debate it right here on San Antonio Sports Star. So if you want to chime in on any of those things, let me know. Now, the only reason you're not going to be watching football tonight is if your wife has you putting up Christmas decorations.
That's the only reason. And I might be doing that. But I will have the TV on as well. Well, So here's the thing. People can also call in with Christmas decoration hanging up advice for you. You know, that's that's a good thing. And another topic I'm going to bring up when it comes to Christmas is the fact that there's an article, and I think it was an outkick today, that was kind of disparaging people that don't know how to wrap gifts, especially if you're over 30 years old. I don't know how to I don't know how to wrap gifts. I don't have a clue how to wrap a gift. Now I can do it, but it's going to look bad. <laughs> so, do y'all know how to wrap gifts and make them look good? I mean, I, mean, I was just always when I go to a, a, a store, I was hoping they had a you know somebody that could do that for you. They used to. They don't do that anymore. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. The gift either. bag changed everything. It did, and and that's a good thing. That, that the gift the gift bag is a you put is a it good in a thing. bag. You put some tissue paper in there, and you're done. But then I don't know how to put the tissue paper in there, right? Where it's all decorated, <laughs> and then it just looks like a mess. I don't know. We got a lot to talk about, as you can tell, uh, right here on the Blitz. This is the Blitz. It is a great Thursday. So happy that you guys are with us. You can chime in however you want to at Twitter. Uh, at Joe Ryan Eagle 210. Give us a call, 656-3776. If you're on YouTube, thank you very much. You can chime in there as well. San Antonio Spurs, boy, they almost got it done last night. Almost. But they dropped their 18th in a row. We're going to talk about that. We're going to hear from Victor Wimbanyama when we return on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, don't forget, we do have an NFL football game tonight right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. You want to make sure you get your picks in for the Pro Football Pick'em Challenge. Hey, Awesome Tickets presents the Pro Football Pick'em Challenge. you got to make your picks each week. Weekly winners are going to get a $50 gift card to Five Oaks Ace Hardware. Grand prize winner at season's end, wins a 1000 bucks towards your ultimate sports or concert experience from A Awesome Tickets. So get in there, make your picks, because it all begins tonight. And don't forget, we have three NFL games on Saturday this week. Since college football is over, well, the NFL is going to take over the entire weekend. Hello, everybody. This is The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. I'm Joe Reinigle. James Pledger is pushing all the buttons, playing all the music, and doing a fine job as always. San Antonio Spurs, what did you think of that game last night? I watched it, and I watched most of it, and was disgusted for most of it until the fourth quarter. Then all of a sudden, I saw something that I really haven't seen a lot of this year, and that was a team that hustled, a team that was trying to win, a team that looked good. Spurs scored 45 points in the fourth quarter last night and scared the hell out of the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, LeBron James didn't play, uh, but Anthony Davis did. Anthony Davis had a hell of a game, but so did Victor Wimbanyama. 30 points, 13 rebounds for Wimby last night. Uh, but the Spurs in that fourth quarter looked better than I think I've seen them all season. Now, they look good against uh, against Phoenix, right, beating them a couple of times. But I've got to give them their props. You know, yesterday we had a long discussion about Greg Popovich. And, you know, was it time? Was it not? When would it be time? I don't know. But that team, and I don't know what happened to them in the fourth quarter, and I think that has a lot to do with Greg Popovich just kind of changing things a little bit. Um, but these guys came out and just started balling. They really started balling. 
and almost, almost got the win. Now, I'm not into moral victories at all, but seeing that team play like they did in the fourth quarter gave me a little glimmer, a little glimmer of hope, of hope that maybe things will change a little bit. I don't know. Look, they got to play the Lakers again tomorrow night. LeBron's going to play in that game. Anthony Davis, so they'll be at full strength for tomorrow night's game. And they've got some tough ones coming up. they got the Pelicans on Sunday, and then they go to Milwaukee. So, I mean, the opportunities to get a win uh, are going to be few and far between, I have a feeling. So, um, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. But I was encouraged by the way they played in that fourth quarter. And I think we all should be. And And I think when we're having that discussion yesterday... And the frustration that we were having yesterday, I think that's all, that's all I want to see. I just want to see some effort. I just want to see a, a will to win. Now, whether you win or not is secondary at this point in time. I mean, you've lost 18 in a row. I don't think this team is going anywhere, but I want to see that will, that effort, that, that hunger to win a basketball game. And Victor Wimbanyama was on the podium last night talking about it after the game, and he told us the key to that big second-half comeback. I know we, we took care of the ball at least a little bit, not like in the first half, and uh, we, we tried to, to step up the, intent, the intensity as well. I think we surprised him a couple times. That's it. You know, and I, was, uh, I, I get that, right? The intensity was stepped up a little bit. And I think... I think for the first time, and you guys tell me if I'm if I'm right or wrong, or do you see it the same way? It looked like Wimby took over in that fourth quarter to, to a, a large extent, and maybe this guy is getting his feel, and or Pop's telling him, "Look, you've got to start imposing your will." Maybe that's the case. As far as Greg Popovich goes, uh, he said after the game last night that he actually felt better after the Houston game than he did in the first half of last night's game. Sure, you know it's always. The mantra, uh, especially for a young team, uh, 48 minutes is a long time, you know. Uh, but tonight I felt better after the Houston game. You know, we did a lot of good things in the Houston game. We just were pitiful from three, obviously. But I felt a lot better after that game than I did at halftime tonight because I, I didn't think that we competed and I didn't think we played wisely. Uh, we were sloppy, trying to do things quickly. Uh, we did nothing that the basketball gods would be happy about. Uh, second half, I felt good. I thought they played a basketball game. They competed. They made some pretty good decisions. Everybody makes mistakes. Both teams do. But uh, second half, they, they competed and executed to win. And so I'm glad about that. I want to see how it carries over to Friday. Yeah, well, Pop, I think all of us want to see how it carries over to Friday, how it carries over for the rest of the season. I think that kind of effort is what we're looking for. But Wimby was also asked after last night's game why this team lacks consistency. I mean, of course, and, uh, you know, the, the, the answer is, is it's not that easy, and it's not easy at all. And it's like sometimes we looking at looking at film, we just think, yeah, I mean, we could do that every time, but... Like the reality of the court is, we we have to make some reads and improvise at times, and it's. But of course, m- like one of my goals is is to repeat what works. And uh, looking back of, on the beginning of the season, we can see some some change and some, you know, we got we got better at it already. And uh, but it's it's a work in progress, you know. We're nowhere near, but on the right path for sure. 
Well, I don't, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Last night was the first step on down that path, perhaps. The fourth quarter was that. And we really can't even call it a second-half comeback. It was all the fourth quarter. I mean, to score 45 points in that fourth quarter uh, was, was incredible. And so you've got to give the Spurs props for that. Victor Wimbanyama, 30 points, 13 rebounds. He's been playing much better, and I think in that fourth quarter he imposed as well. He was asked after the game why he's been playing well. I mean, I think it's going to look better when, uh, when we win, you know. And, uh, but uh, it's, you know, I'm trying to do everything I can for, for the team. This, I've been trying to focus on rebounding a lot more. Also, and you know, be, being just being a more solid player for the team, you know, never being soft. But it's it's still a work in progress, you know. And it's to me, it has no value so far. Now, I don't know, pledge. If I caught that right, can you just play the first part of that bite again? I mean, I think it's gonna look better when the when we win. Right you know? there, that's such a distant memory. I'm looking. It looks better when we win. I'm 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 searching for that memory, and I can't find it in my head. It was 18 games ago. 18 games ago. That's a, that's a lifetime ago, isn't it? Man, it'd be nice to see a win, wouldn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm looking. You guys still looking? Wow, way back down that path a long time ago in a land far, far away. The Spurs got a win. I don't remember it. It was a long time ago. Hopefully we'll get another one to to help us improve our memory sometime very soon. Hey, I don't know about y'all, but I'm looking forward to a big game in Buffalo coming up this Sunday. The Cowboys, the Buffalo Bills, Mike McCarthy talking about it. Cowboys can actually clinch a playoff spot with a win on Sunday. And Dan Orlovsky says, if the Bills win that game, Josh Allen jumps to the top of the MVP conversation. We'll talk about that. And a whole lot more when the Blitz continues right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, want to make your Sunday plans right now. Plan to uh, go out and visit with James Pledger at the Twin Peaks at uh, I-10 and Days of Allah. A little pregame for the Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills with people of like mind. Still trying to understand what that means. People of like mind. Do you like football? That's it, right? Do you like, I love football. Do you like beer? I do. Do you like winning things? Sure. Do you like scenic views? I do. Well, then we are of like mind. Okay, that's all you need. Or if you're a fan of any one of those things, you don't have to be all four, but any one of those things, uh, you could probably go out there. Days of Allah, uh, Twin Peaks, 1 to 3 o'clock this Sunday, pregame with uh, James, Cowboys, Bills, Plus, you can register for your chance to win tickets to see the Toadies with special guest, guest Local H. It's all coming up on December 28th at the Aztec Theater. Get out to Twin Peaks and enjoy those scenic views. <laughs> you know, when you do the promo pledge, and I guess that's a that's a Rob Thompson thing, huh? I'm not Rob. You're not Rob. I so don't not, pretend to be Rob. You're not doing a scenic views. It's like trying to do good moaning, good moaning for Rudy <laughs> or trying to do... Hump day if you're you. If you do if you do it, you end up sounding like Rudy J. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't do scenic views, so I just come say see those wonderful scenic, scenic views. views. All right, fair enough, fair enough. But uh look, whatever you're doing, I'm gonna tell you what, it 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 promises to be a good football game. 
Uh, and I want to see what the Cowboys can do away from Jerry World. We know at Jerry World, they're a hell of a team. Away from Jerry World, I think the jury's still out. They lost at Arizona. They lost at San Francisco. They lost at Philadelphia. They did win a couple of places. Carolina. Um. <laughs> Look, the resume's not that great on the road, and this is going to be a very difficult place to go play and win. Hey, Carolina beat number two overall pick C.J. Stroud, yeah, the yep. rookie of the year leader. Still their only win of the season, I mean, it's Carolina Panthers. One. Yes, impressive one. Sure is. Uh, Texans, by the way, taking on the Tennessee Titans and uh, a little bit of a rub-it-in-your-face deal with the Titans. They're going to wear the throwback Houston Oilers uniforms. God, and, I just want to smack them. Yeah, we're going to talk to John McClain about that coming up here uh, at 5.15. We'll talk to him about that and a whole lot more. By the way, Stephen Jones will join us at 4.30 today. So we're going to talk a little Cowboys football. I also want to talk to him about some of the uh, the stuff that's going on with the officiating, uh, some of the rules as, as far as that uh, the, the the tackle that everybody's talking about, the international games that they're going to. So a lot to talk to Stephen Jones about. He'll join us coming up here at uh, at four thirty. Right now, though, the Cowboys uh, getting ready for the Buffalo Bills. Cowboys can actually clinch a spot in the playoffs if they go up to Buffalo and win that football game. Um. They're going to be in the playoffs. I don't think that's a surprise or, or a suspenseful thing or anything that's going to keep you on the edge of your seat. But it will mean that they're in the postseason party, and then we just have to figure out where they're going to play and, and will they be on the road, will they not, will they be at home, and all of that kind of stuff. So we'll see how that, how that, uh, how that turns out. But Mike McCarthy was asked about that, and you think maybe he'd be excited about clinching a playoff spot, and, well, it didn't sound like he was. Not yet, Focus anyway. Focus on 11 wins, right? Hey, save it for next week. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, right. yeah you take week the week off. You got a good question for next week. So. Would you care? But you, you don't even talk. You don't even bring. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's the goal. Uh, but you know, we, we we understand. We want to we want to win our division, and I mean all the things we said at the beginning of the season. You know, nothing's changed. So we're just trying to keep our focus tight. And you know, I'm not I'm, I'm not up here to avoid the, the topic, but I mean, it's, you know, eleven wins speaks for itself. It does. So does twelve. You've done that two years in a row, but yet. You didn't get past the second round of the playoffs. And again, that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's what it's all about. I mean, even a diehard Cowboy fan, Jason Minnick's the same way. You got to win in the playoffs. And I know there's diehard Cowboy fans out there listening and watching. And I know you got to feel the same way. You know, the regular season's one thing. It's nice to have success in the regular season. But I mean, let's go to a Super Bowl. Let's go to an NFC Championship game. Something like that. Let's do that. And then I think, uh, you know, we'll be we'll all be impressed and we'll change the narrative a little bit. Now, the Cowboys, again, trouble playing on the road. Great at home, on the road. And look, Buffalo is a different place. I think the Cowboys are going to get a little bit of a break as far as temperatures go. Um, but it still could be windy. It still could be rainy. And Mike McCarthy says, really, that's more important than the temperature. I mean, I mean, it's easy. You know, every kid that's ever grown up Louisiana, you know, looks forward to playing up in the winter climate. So uh, it's been easy to enforce. No, I, th- I think the biggest thing is the football. You know, I, I think, you know, when you when you you know have the opportunity to to, to live and, and coach in that climate, there's there's some things that change your your approach more than others. You know, whether it's wind, rain, 
temperature and things like that. So temperature is last on the list, um, you know, so um, I'm, I'm more interested in the, in the wind and the rain. So, and that's, I think you gotta, you gotta, you know, maybe just your thinking then. You know, I, that's, that's a typical coach response, isn't it? Because you're sitting over there with a knit hat on, probably three layers of a jacket on and, and you're warm. The players got to go out with short sleeves and, and, and not very warm. So I, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather ask one of the players about how they feel about playing in the cold. But again, it looks like the Cowboys are going to catch a break when it comes to that. Still, though, Buffalo is one of those places um, that's difficult to win. I mean, it's difficult to go to Buffalo and win a football game. It would be impressive as hell if the Cowboys can go up there and get the W. That's what they need to do, and I think it would shut a lot of people up, including me to some extent, when it comes to the Cowboys, when it comes to Prescott, when it comes to, to all of those things going around with the Cowboys. They've got to, they need that win on the road. And I know this is an AFC opponent. The next one is in Miami. That's an AFC opponent. But still, the Cowboys have got to be focused on getting the NFC East, getting home field advantage uh, for as long as they possibly can. And then look, the number one seed in the NFC is not completely out of the question at this point in time, depending on what happens uh, in the Bay Area and, and with Philadelphia. Philly's got to go to Seattle this week. Never an easy place to win a football game. Uh, and the elements are bad there, too. So Philly's going to have to deal with that. Mike McCarthy, though, says he and his team are ready to battle all of those nasty elements. I mean, it's really part of the game, uh, but the reality of it is, as coaches, we just, you know, focus on our role. I mean, you know, last night and even this morning, you know, a number of assistants are, you know, starting to peek at Miami because you have, you have to do that at the end of the week. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we, uh, we just stay focused on, you know, what's, what's in front of us. Um, yeah, I, I think everybody clearly understands you know what, what December brings as far as the urgency. We understand we understand what Buffalo's record is, uh, but most importantly, you know we're playing up there. You know there's potential rain in the in the uh, forecast, and so you know we'll do the wet ball drills and those types of things. So you know I, I think it's your your energy and your focus is better served on on what's in front of you. He said wet balls. <laughs> he said that. Okay, I'm I'm a two year old. I'm sorry. Uh, you got to work on that. It's got to be something. Turnovers are going to be huge in that game. And, you know, on our YouTube channel, uh, Echo, I guess is that Echo Zero? It's what it looks like. It says Buffalo needs a win. Look, Buffalo needs the win worse than the Cowboys do when you're looking at it. But I think the Bills are up and coming. And I think they finally started to play some decent football. Um, but they need to beat a good team as well. You know, they, they came close against Philadelphia. Um, they did get the win at Kansas City last week. That was good. A lot of controversy in that game. But Buffalo needs to win. And I think this win, arguably, is more important for the Buffalo Bills than it is for the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to the playoffs. Because, look, they're six and, or 7-6 and six right now. The AFC is jam-packed with teams that are that way. And so, I, I, man, I really think this, this, is, this win for Buffalo, they're going to be a desperate team. That's for sure. Josh Allen was asked about that Cowboys defense, that once defense that was considered historic or could Their be D-line historic. Is really damn good. You know, they, they fly around. They got some guys that just absolutely wreak havoc. So we're going to have our, our hands full in our protection meeting tomorrow. They're smart. They're savvy. Obviously with, you know, Gilmore, he's, he's a vet. 
You know, he's kind of running routes for people. He recognizes things. He recognizes splits. And the other guy's got the most pick sixes in, in a year. So they are very aggressive. They like to jump things. They play really good with each other. So we're going to have our hands full. i got to make sure that I'm not scripting my passes and, and making sure I'm switching my eyes up and my feet up so they're not, not able to jump some of our, our routes and just make sure we're good in protecting the football. Got to protect the football. That's something Josh Allen doesn't do very well. 14 interceptions this year. He's going to give it to the Cowboys. you got to figure. Now, will Deron Bland take another one back to the house? Uh, Stephon Gilmore, will he get one? But what Josh Allen has been doing better, and what he did certainly in that in that Kansas City game, was, was run the football. They had a lot of quarterback draws with Josh Allen. Now, if you're a Buffalo fan, although you're desperate and you got to do whatever you can, uh, to win football games, but man, you hate to see your your franchise quarterback, you know, running the football straight up the gut. <laughs> That's tough, and it, and it's tough to watch. Although he's a big dude, he is a big dude. Somebody told me this morning we're talking about the game <laughs> at the gym. I did a lot of talking at the gym. You're right. While I'm working out, I said, you know, that a guy like Micah Parsons, for example, I don't think he's ever come up against a guy like Josh Allen. It's going to be a little bit harder to sack that guy than it would be, say, I don't know, a Brock Purdy. Maybe Jalen Hurts is in that same category, though. So they've got that that there. This is going to be a good football game, I think. And um, but again, I just I just think Buffalo needs this one more. They're going to be fired up. And look, the Cowboys don't play in Buffalo very often. Uh, it's been a while. And so, you know, for those Buffalo fans to be able to have the Dallas Cowboys in there, and if you're not a Cowboy fan, you hate the Cowboys. I mean, that just seems to be what it is. There's no middle ground when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. You either love them or you hate them. Although, I don't know, I'm kind of neutral in there some way. Maybe I lean a little bit Cowboy fan more so than the Cowboy hater. See, that's... Cowboy fans like to think anybody that has an opinion and isn't the best in the world about everything that they do, and if you're a little bit critical, you're a hater. You're a hater. That You can't just spit out facts because, you know, it's easy to spit out facts when it comes to the Cowboys because there are a lot of facts to go to. Look, and this year the facts are they play great at home and so-so on the road. I mean, that's, that's not me hating. That's just a fact. And this place that they're going this Sunday is a very difficult place to play. Certainly a difficult place to win. There's no question about that. So they're going to need all their weapons, the Cowboys are. And one of those weapons that they're going to rely on heavily, which they've started to do, Dak's in love with the guy. And if you're not in love with the guy, you should be. His name's Jake Ferguson. I think that's Dak's ringtone now. I really do. But Mike McCarthy was asked about his tight end, and he was asked when he knew that Jake Ferguson was ready. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you can see right away, you know, last year, I mean, Jake has the ability to play in all in all three phases, you know, starting in the run blocking, you know, the protection scheme and the, and the passing game. So I thought he showed that ability, you know, fairly early in the process. Uh, I can't give you a date, uh, you know, but... You know, what I was not, not concerned, really focused on him more last year is, is where he was in his physical development. You know, he, you know, I think he played in the low 240s last year. So, I mean, and, you know, he did a great job in the offseason because, you know, I mean, it's 
his durability in to, to play in all three phases, you know, it, that's taxing for a tight end. So, you know, and I think he he's got another level there that he can that he can grow, continue to grow because he's only in the second year of his, you know, of his NFL career. So, but the instincts, you know, the awareness. I mean, he understands how to play. He's really crafty yards after the catch. I mean, he, he does a really good job of, you know, um, not giving the first guy, you know, normally a, a big piece of him. So, um, but he's he's always, you know, in, in my view, he's always had really good football instinct. <laughs> What's not to like about Jake Ferguson? Dak Prescott loves him a tight end. He does. Yes, he does. It's well known that he loves him a tight end. Just looked it up. The last time the Cowboys played at Buffalo was in 2015. 2015, eight years ago, the Cowboys last played in Buffalo. They lost to the Bills in that game, 16-6. to They played the Bills in 2019 in Dallas. The Cowboys lost that game to the Buffalo Bills, 26-15. to now we all know we can go back in in history and back in the '90s the Cowboys you know feasted on Buffalo and Buffalo get to the Super Bowl but they could never win it. Uh, but the last two meetings between the Bills and the Cowboys, the Cowboys have come up on the short end of the stick. Uh, and, and but I just my goodness, eight years ago was the last time the Cowboys went to Buffalo. So you know that place is going to be rocking. You know it is, and and I can't wait to see it. And I can't wait to see if the Cowboys can get it done. AJ Reyna on our YouTube channel says, everyone on the get-up move the goalposts on the Cowboys. What is disturbing is that Buffalo wins, Josh is the MVP. I'm not sure that he is, and that's Dan Orlovsky saying that. He says if, if Josh Allen wins this game, if Buffalo wins this game, then all of a sudden Josh Allen is at the top of the MVP list. I, I don't see it. I really don't see it. If Dak has a horrible game, maybe he comes down a spot or two. It's going to depend on what Brock Purdy does in San Francisco, what Lamar Jackson does in, in, with Baltimore this week. Look, it's a week-to-week thing right now. It certainly is, but I cannot see. I cannot see. And, and, and Dan Orlovsky sometimes, just, I think he just throws stuff on the wall to see what will stick. But for him to come out and say, and Ryan, our um, – our social guy back there sent sent me that, and he said that, you know, Orlovsky said that. If the Bills win, Josh Allen moves to the top of the list. I just don't see it. I don't see it. It depends on what happens everywhere else. Josh Allen's got a ways to go, and that's for sure. But what I do know is that Buffalo is playing a lot better football right now than they were earlier in the season. And, and this is going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough test for the Cowboys, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. 325 Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm going to turn my phone off. It will be off in a quiet room watching this game because I can't wait to see it. Ah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, you know, we've been, we talk a lot on this show about legalized gambling in Texas. Well, something has happened in the city of Dallas that leads me to believe that that might not be that far off. We'll talk about that on the other side when the Blitz continues right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA 
champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Happy Thursday, everybody. We're over the hump. Sliding into the weekend. It is oh, Thursday here on the Blitz. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Play that again, Pledge. Hump day. <laughs> Not like Rudy's got something in his mouth. He's chewing on something. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. Nice try. I love chocolate though. balls in my mouth. <laughs> oh... Rudy, Rudy, Maybe that's Rudy. what was in there. Maybe so. I Ch- love chocolate so, balls in my mouth. They're chocolate balls. <laughs> he likes chocolate balls and he needs another six inches. You know, I mean, guy's in trouble, isn't he? Yeah. I always wanted just about six inches. <laughs> oh, Rudy J, my buddy. Sometimes you can just pull the bone out. That's what I do. <laughs> Rudy J, R&R in the morning. Him and Rob Thompson get the their party underway at 6 o'clock. I'm Joe Reinigle, though. This is The Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Normally, I have a partner over there by the name of Jason Minix. He is off for the rest of this week. I, up in Washington State for a for a wedding of some sort. I can't wait to see the pictures that he posts. And Minix is the uh, most social media posting guy that I know. So it will be on there. Uh, let's see if he wears a half zip and blue jeans and... Um, man, I hope Minix classes up the joint a little bit. I really do because, you know, the half zip and all of that stuff at a wedding, Minix, you're better than that, buddy. You're better than that. So we'll see what happens. You know he's going to post them, so watch the socials. Hey, thank you for listening. If you're driving around San Antonio, be careful out there. Happy you're listening, though. Uh, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, thank you for doing that as well. Like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. You can also comment on anything we're talking about. And if you want to be a part of the show, you want to have your voice heard, give us a call. 656-3776-656-ESPN. You know, I asked a question at the top of the show a few minutes ago because I was having this discussion earlier, and, and I still haven't seen an answer that I that I like. And maybe that's my fault. I don't know. But what makes an entertaining football game? In your mind, if you're watching a football game, no matter who the participants are, what's going to have you saying at the end of that game, it was a great, entertaining football game, I'm happy that I watched it, and I'm going to tell everybody about it. I want to know what your answers are to that question because I just don't understand. Look, I'm a football fan. I like football. It's my favorite sport. I'm going to watch football no matter what's happening. I like a good defensive battle. I like a shootout. I like whatever. doesn't matter. I like football. But I want to know what is your definition of a good football game. And, and nobody could give me an answer this morning when I asked that same question. You just couldn't. You couldn't. You know, I had one guy tell me, well, if it keeps me on the edge of my seat, I am really not sure what the hell that means. Keeps me on the edge of my seat. Well, I mean, that's you watch any sporting event, and I don't know, maybe 10% of those will do that when push comes to shove. San Antonio Spurs last night. Yeah, you could you could define that. Kept you on the edge of your seat. That was good. Spurs almost came back with a great fourth quarter to win that football game. But what is your definition of a good football game? 
That's what I want to know, and that's the question we're posing. So I want to hear all of your uh, all of your thoughts and concerns and uh, and stuff about that. But right about this time every day, we do something called the Headline Blitz. This is Jason and Joe's Headline Blitz. Two guys, two opinions, never enough time. This is the Headline Blitz here on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. And I saw this story uh, right before the show, as a matter of fact, and it really piqued my interest in the headline. This is in my essay, by the way, where I saw this. It comes out of Dallas, and my essay picked it up, but I'm glad that they did. The headline on this is uh, Casino Group reportedly buys land near the site of Cowboys Old Texas Stadium. Uh, and it's the same casino group that is uh, attempting to buy the Dallas Mavericks for $3.5 billion. Well, they've purchased about 108 acres across uh, from where Texas Stadium used to be. Now, all the folks over there are very happy about this because when they lose Texas Stadium, they lost a lot of uh, people coming by and doing business with them. So it's the Las Vegas Sands, which is uh, apparently the name of this group. They currently operate resorts in uh, Macau in Singapore, uh, according to their website, but they used to own and operate the Venetian in Las Vegas, the Palazzo, and the Sands Hotel, all in Las Vegas. They're the ones that Mark Cuban has struck a deal with to buy the Dallas Mavericks for $3.5 billion. Look, Mark Cuban has already said he wants a new arena, and he would like to surround that arena with a casino resort. Now, the folks have confirmed to the NBC affiliate there in Dallas that their plan is to put a resort on that 108 acres. Now, I can't imagine a group like this spending, first of all, $3.5 billion on the Dallas Mavericks and then buying 108 acres, which couldn't have been cheap, there where Texas Stadium used to sit, if they don't know something. Do you think they know something? Now, Jason and I talked about gambling, and we, we mainly were talking about sports betting and wanting that uh, or to get a push to at least put that on the ballot for folks to decide if they wanted that or not. And, and we'd live with the consequences. But when you're talking about a group that is involved with gambling, spending $3.5 billion on a basketball team, and then buying 108 acres of land, you would think that they would know something, right? I mean, and, and this is going to uh, uh, you know, be a, a bad choice of words, but why, they wouldn't just roll the dice, would they, that eventually Texas would have legalized gambling in this state. It was the uh, Lieutenant Governor, Dan Patrick, who kind of squashed that from being on the, on the ballot this time around in November coming up. Well, are behind us. Man, we're in December already. I'm still confused about that. But I can't imagine that a group like this is spending all of this money in the city of Dallas, in the state of Texas, if gambling is it not at least a very good possibility. You know, there's been stuff on the on the agenda to make it where you can't just throw up a casino everywhere in the in the state of Texas, but there there would be four stops Dallas, Houston, Austin, and San Antonio. And you wouldn't be able to do it all over the Riverwalk. They would sprinkle casinos all up and down downtown San Antonio. It would be just like one big resort in each of those cities, something to that effect. And I just have to believe that if you're spending that kind of money 
on the Mavericks and on land in Dallas that you don't know something? Am I missing the boat? Am I naive about this? I mean, I don't think that I am. But I can't imagine that they would spend all of that money, do all of that due diligence, if they didn't have a good idea that Texas is about to, in the very near future, have legalized gambling in this state. Look, I, 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 I'm on record saying, look, it, it should happen. I mean, it should happen. The state of Texas is losing out a lot of money. And I know that the, the state of Oklahoma, the state of Louisiana, uh, some of these other states that rely on Texas gamblers would be very sad. And they politic a lot, right? I mean, they, they have a lot of lobbyist groups that, that keep uh, gambling out of the state of Texas for that reason. But it's got to happen, doesn't it? I mean, it's got to happen. And at least put it on the ballot. At least do that because I want to, I think the voters have that right and should have that opportunity to do that. But it's something to think about. If this group is spending all this money, there's got to be something out there that they know or at least suspect that gambling's about to happen in the state of Texas. And just uh, to put a cherry on top of that story, by the way, the NBA still has to approve uh, that deal to buy the Mavericks, the $3.5 billion. So we'll keep you posted on that, but just keep that in the back of your head. Something happened yesterday that I think needed to happen in the NBA. Draymond Green was suspended indefinitely, um, which is a lot longer than I thought he was going to get. I, I mentioned on this show yesterday that I thought, well, 10 games would be good, right? 10 games would be good. Teach him a lesson. It was five last time. You double that up. But they've suspended him indefinitely. Now, the Golden State Warriors, it's being reported that they actually worked with the NBA to get this indefinite suspension and that Draymond Green is aware of it and was aware of it and accepted it. And the reason that they did that was that they are hoping that Draymond will get some help. And by help, I mean psychological help, right? Go see a psychiatrist because there's something going on with this guy. Something going on with this guy. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does with this time off. My understanding in a definite suspension is at least 20 games. All right, so it's got to be at least 20 games. And look, this could be the end of Draymond Green's career. He may be at the end of his career with this indefinite suspension. I don't know. But if he doesn't do something, Bobby Marks on ESPN Radio suggested that the NBA can actually void his contract. They're giving him some leeway to get help right now without putting a, a benchmark as far as how many games he has to serve here. But, yeah, I mean, eventually, eventually you just run out of chances, right? Like, that's that's the reality in, in the league. And although these contracts are guaranteed, you know, there's a clause in there when it's conduct detrimental to the to the NBA, the commissioner has the right to void any contract. And I'm not, not saying we're there, but that they do have that to kind of, you know, hang over his head, you know, moving forward. Well, that would be interesting, and I think that the NBA is going to keep keep track of what Draymond is doing, and and maybe even suggest some things and 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 try to help him out a little bit. The guy obviously needs some help, and and I think even Kevin Durant was saying that that he wishes he gets the help that he needs. Uh, so all of everybody seems to know that Draymond needs some help, except perhaps Draymond. But now that he agreed to all of this, maybe that's going to help him out. I hope he gets help because he's a hell of a basketball player. It's just. He just does some things that make you scratch your head. That's for sure. Cincinnati Bengals head coach has a simple uh, piece of advice for the fans in Cincinnati this week before they get to uh, the stadium. 
He wants them to drink more before they get to the game. Drink more. Now, they, yeah, that's some, some advice I could get behind. Drink more. Of course, coach, whatever you need. However we can help the team, we'll do it. He wants that place to be loud. He wants it to be, uh, you know, just just full of uh, fight and vigor and all of that stuff. And I guess uh, he, he thinks they should drink more uh, to do that. But I, I don't think I've ever heard a coach say that or even suggest that. So I think that's kind of, kind of interesting. But uh, if you're a Bengals fan, uh, pop a top for the Bengals this Saturday. Uh, to help out the coach there and get rowdy and get rambunctious. And then I mentioned this earlier in the show, and it's another topic I want to throw out because you guys have homework to do, all right? I want to know what your your definition of an entertaining football game is. That's number one. Number two, you know how to wrap a gift. There's a story out there on Barstool, and it's a very derogatory headline. And I kind of took this personal. It triggered me if you will. It said, grown-ass 30-year-old adults don't know how to wrap gifts, as if we're supposed to know how to do that. Yeah. Do you know how to wrap gifts, Pledge? Absolutely, I know how. I mean, where they look good. Look, I can wrap, yes. a, I can wrap a gift, but it's just not going to look very good. Well, who taught you that? I learned. You just learned. I've tried, and it always comes out goofy on this side, and maybe uh, a little bit open on the on the other side. I, I don't know how to wrap a gift, and apparently, I'm not the only one. If there's a headline out there, grown ass thirty year old adults don't know how to wrap gifts. I mean, it's not hard. Well, who else out there has the the stones to admit to me on the radio right now that you don't know how to wrap a gift? Gift bags made life way too easy. I want to know. Let's see how brave all of y'all are. Right? I mean, it's like <laughs> M- Miguel Martinez. You know, yeah, Santa, please give us a gambling ballot so we have to stop hearing about it. You know, that's what he's saying. He wants Santa to bring me and Jason a gambling ballot so he doesn't have to hear about it anymore. Miguel, do you not want legalized gambling in the state of Texas? I think most people do. I think most people are kind of there when it comes to that and i know a lot of states are legalizing pot not i could care less about that honestly i mean it it wouldn't bother me one way or the other as far as that goes but i i just i think it needs to happen it needs to happen and one of you needs to teach me how to wrap a gift give me (laughs) step-by-step instructions on how to wrap a gift will you do that please (laughs) <laughs> I need cut the paper. I need help. I need it. I don't know how to do it. I'm not ashamed to say it. There, I said it. Hey, who watched the SEC schedule release show last night? Anybody? Captivating. Uh-huh. Edge of my seat. I actually forgot about it. We yeah. sat here and talked about it all day yesterday, and I forgot about it. I got into the Spurs game, and I actually forgot about it. <laughs> So I'm a little bit bitter about that, but I do have the schedule right here, and we're going to go over that when we continue right here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Friday on r in the Morning, it's Football Friday, starting at 6.45 with Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy. 7.30, we keep it rolling with blogging the boys, R.J. Ochoa, and the Spurs are back in action versus the Lakers. Will LeBron go? I don't know. we have to wait and see. Now back to the Blitz. Joe, convince me to watch Easton Stick 
versus Aiden O'Connell. I'll wait. Dude, just the fact that his name is Easton Stick, that's enough right there. You got to watch that, Rudy. It's football. Dude, there's nothing else on. None of that NBA tonight is worth a damn, and it means nothing. This game means everything for Easton Stick. I just want to hear Al Michaels say that. Easton Stick, back to throw. Wasn't he fired? Yeah, he was fired from the playoffs, but he's still doing the thing with uh, with Herb Street tonight. As yeah. a punishment for being unexcited during bad games, we give you Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell. Well, you know, I'm, I wonder. The guy is like uh, got an attitude when he has to do games like this. I can only imagine his attitude tonight. What's that going to be? And Kirk Herbstreet's too busy, you know, complaining about how people are ripping him for Florida State and saying that ESPN has a bias and all of this stuff. He just continues to do that. So those two guys, although I do like Herbstreet, I, I think he adds a lot to it. Now Michaels is Al Michaels, but you know, he got a job to do. Just go do it, and and you know, then you get playoff assignments, Al. But Al probably doesn't care because, you know, then he can fly off to the Bahamas or wherever he wants to go, so it doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. Hey, this is the Blitz, by the way, 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. I'm Joe Reinagle. Jason Minix, well, he has the day off. James Pledger is there in the glass box of fun, punching the buttons, playing the music, and uh, doing a fine job. Did you watch the SEC schedule release show last night? Yeah, I was all excited about it. Laura Rutledge hosted the thing which was a, a perk and a plus, uh, is as to why I was going to watch. And then I forgot. I got into the Spurs game. I'm watching that thing and, and trying to figure out, you know, what, what I want to say. And, and you know, because it, it's part of the job to watch the Spurs, to figure out what they're going to do, especially as we're blasting them uh, yesterday. Uh, they don't really deserve to be blasted today, although they didn't play well for three quarters. They played great in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, and that was good. We'll talk more Spurs basketball coming up here in just a moment. But the SEC dropped their schedule. A two-hour special on ESPN last night to unveil the schedule. Now, the NFL does that, and everybody gets very excited about it. And I think ESPN's excited about this because they have taken over SEC football. Next year, it will no longer be on CBS. It is on ESPN. So they're excited about that. And look... um, it's the best conference in football. I don't think there's any question about that. The Big Ten is going to be exciting to watch, too. They've added some teams. But I wanted to watch just to see, for example, the Texas Longhorns. And you look at the schedule, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, let's, let me go over this really quick here. The Horns open up with Colorado State at home. Then they've got to travel to Ann Arbor to play Michigan. They've got UTSA after that in Austin. Then they've got Louisiana Monroe in Austin, Mississippi State in Austin, three games in a row in Austin. They get a bye week after that. They've got Oklahoma. They're going to keep that game in the same spot, Red River rivalry, all of that kind of stuff. Here's where it gets tough. They've got Oklahoma and then Georgia, which will be coming to Austin. After that, a little bit of a bye. They've got Vanderbilt. Then they get another bye week, which I find interesting, two bye weeks. They'll finish out their schedule with Florida, Arkansas, Kentucky, and then Texas A&M. That rivalry will be renewed. Now, I've been looking through this to see if there was a gauntlet anywhere in this thing. 
And I don't see any of these teams with any kind of gauntlet. Now, Texas, I told you, Oklahoma, Georgia, back-to-back, that's going to be tough. Texas A&M, I'll be honest with you, Aggie fan, you ought to be very happy. Now, you open up with Notre Dame, that's going to be tough. But after that, you've got McNeese State, you got Florida, you got Bowling Green, you got Arkansas and Missouri. I don't. I, Florida might be better. Missouri had a pretty good football team this year, but none of that really strikes any fear. Then you've got Mississippi State, your annual grudge match with LSU, South Carolina, New Mexico State, Auburn, and then Texas. I don't really see a gauntlet there of any shape or form. Nothing. Alabama. They've got a gauntlet, surely, don't they? They open up with Western Kentucky. After that, they've got South Florida. Then they travel to Wisconsin, have a bye week. They've got Georgia coming to Alabama. Then it goes Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Tennessee, Missouri, LSU, the powerhouse known as Mercer, Oklahoma, and Auburn. So I get it, and some of these games are going to be a lot of fun, but you know, when, it, when you're talking SEC and you have all of these teams joining this conference, I'm thinking every Saturday, man, there's going to be a matchup, there's going to be this, there's going to be that. And I'm just not sure that I, that I see one. None of these teams actually have a gauntlet that I can see. There are spurts, but I don't know. You excited about your, uh, your schedule, Texas fan? Texas A&M fan? I don't know. I, it was kind of a buzzkill, I'll be honest with you, when I'm looking at this schedule. But Does I'll watch. make you happy? I'm a football <laughs> Some things do. <laughs> Putting up Christmas decorations. Right? No, I'm just saying, I was expecting more. It's like one of those things you've been looking forward to, and it's SEC football, and Oklahoma and Texas are coming in, and every game's going to be exciting, and and, and and then it's not. So what was their schedule supposed to be? I wanted to see a gauntlet. I want to see Alabama, Georgia, um LSU. Uh-huh. I mean, let's go. That's about all I can name, right? Oklahoma, uh-huh. Texas A and M. Yeah. Well, they're playing. They're playing three. three I'm talking of those, back to back. The bam, 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 bam. Five in a row. Gauntlet. I don't see it. I don't see it for anybody. Well, the SEC East waters things down. I guess it does a little bit. Now, and, and look, some of these teams might be okay. Uh, just because they weren't this year, they might be all right. Oklahoma, uh, man, their first, uh, their first three games, that'll be okay. Uh, <laughs> Temple, Houston, and Tulane. Um, Houston may be better. I don't know. It's interesting that, that Houston now has uh, Tulane's head coach, and they get to play Houston and Tulane back-to-back. Then they got Tennessee and Auburn, and then Texas. But they'll finish that out with South Carolina, Ole Miss, Maine, Missouri, Alabama, and LSU. Oklahoma may have the hardest schedule of anybody. I, I was going to say, Missouri was ranked in the top ten this year. Ole Miss is ranked in the top ten this year. Like, that's what I'm saying. That Oklahoma seems like a pretty good gauntlet. Oklahoma may have the toughest schedule of everybody when you're looking at it that way. I don't know. I, I It was kind of a buzzkill, but it is what it is. I'll watch. So you were expecting, you know, a top ten team every week for ten weeks. Yeah, why not? <laughs> because um, nobody could, plays. That. You could start out with a cupcake if you wanted to. 
warm up a little bit. Now, Texas A&M does start out with a tough one, man. They've got Notre Dame coming into College Station. That uh, that could be a tough task for them early on. But, I, yeah, I, was, I wanted to see that bam, 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 bam. Let's see how you do. You want to be in the playoffs? You want to be a, a national powerhouse? Let's go beat them all. It's not going to happen. Pledge. You don't think the conference is uh, trying to keep that from happening in a sense? I don't know why. As what a, do you as mean a, you a, don't know as, why? As a college football fan, that's what I want to see. Yeah, but as a conference commissioner, I want my teams in the playoff. Well, look, you're going to get your teams in the playoff. Out of the 14, look, there's going to be Alabama will get in. Georgia's going to get in. <laughs> Texas will get in. Oklahoma's going to get in. Maybe Texas A&M, Ole Miss. Out of the, out of the what, 12 teams? <laughs> I would be surprised if there's six from the SEC. Wow, Elko takes the Aggies into the playoffs in their first year. Well, who knows? With that cupcake schedule he's got going there. <laughs> Look, there's going to be four SEC teams in the playoffs. You know there's going to be. I mean, there is an SEC bias. It's, it's incredible. I mean, there is. Hence, a two-hour special on ESPN last night. That's crazy. But Laura Rutledge was hosting that. And that was, uh, that was certainly a, I don't know. Neff Ozuna says, I think Joe got bam, bam, bam in the head because he's a little delusional. <laughs> I've been called a lot of things, Neff. Delusional's one of them. <laughs> I accept it. It's okay. It's not bad. Cowboys, Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Tough test for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Dan Orlovsky says if Josh Allen wins that game, he goes to the top of the MVP list. Do you agree? Do you disagree? If you got a phone line, hang on there. We're going to be talking Cowboys Bills. That's coming up right here on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1. You know, Pledge, we may have to hear some more of that uh, Steve Kerr rap song at some point in time. I love that song. That may just have to become a, a part, a, a routine of the Blitz. That DJ in Phoenix was it was outstanding. If you don't know what I'm talking about, we talked about it yesterday. The DJ at uh, in at Phoenix where the Suns play, uh, Steve Curry complained about the noise, said it was too loud in there, and the DJ made a, a, a mix out of it. Do you have it? You know what? In this building, you can't hear anything because it's like a club. It's like a, it's like a South Beach club. It's just it's thumping techno club music. Thumping techno club music. Thumping techno club music. Thumping techno club music. You know, if that doesn't get you going, I don't know what will. Because I'm sitting here, I'm like those. What was that movie with Will Ferrell and that other guy? Where they Night get, at the Roxbury. Night at the Roxbury. You kind of just can't help but move your head. We're sounding like a Miami nightclub now. Welcome to the show. This is the Blitz on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. I wonder how uh, how uh, Dak is going to fare in Buffalo. 
That's going to be key. Now, if you listen to Dan Orlovsky on ESPN, he says if Josh Allen wins this game, that Josh Allen will vault to the top of the MVP conversation. And apparently, I, and, and I'm only taking their word for it, but on our YouTube channel, I've got a couple of folks said that Greeny actually agreed and somebody else did as well. So Kimberly A. Martin. Okay, they agreed that Josh Allen would move to the top. I just don't know where they're going with that because there's a lot of quarterbacks ahead of Josh Allen right now, including Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, uh, Lamar Jackson is another one. Uh, maybe even Jalen Hurts is ahead of him. So I'm, I find that hard to believe, but I guess if, if that's where Dan wants to go, and I think Dan throws out a bunch of stuff, see what sticks on the wall, I don't know. But I want to know what you think. You think if, if Josh Allen comes out, wins this game, beats the Cowboys – has a decent game, then all of a sudden he vaults to the top of the list. I don't know. 656-3776, 656-ESPN, uh, at Joe Ryan Eagle 210 on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling that thing now. Or if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for doing that. Subscribe and like. Will you do that, please? And you can comment there as well. Let's go to the phone lines right now because Ken's been waiting for a little while to have his piece on the Allen MVP debate. Ken, what do you think? Does he vault to the top? It doesn't matter whether he wins or loses. He can throw two interceptions, Dak throw nine. He's going to vault to the top because Sunday on NFL Prime on on this radio station spent 30 minutes loving all over Josh Allen. I want him more than I want any other quarterback. I'll take the interceptions. He still throws touchdowns. So it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's going to win it, huh? It don't well. That's the way they talk on the ESPN radio, the big dude, you know, the, the national guys. Like, you know, he can do no wrong, but he's got more, a lot more interceptions. But he, I'll take all those interceptions, no problem. Give them to me. <laughs> Just win, that's, baby. That's what the guys that's what the guy said. All right, Ken. Well, I appreciate the phone call. Thanks a lot. And uh, yeah, a lot of people think that. And I think a lot of people have tried to make Josh Allen the uh, NFL cover guy, if you will. A lot of people do that. And look, I think Josh Allen's a good quarterback, but he is turnover prone, man. This guy already 14 interceptions this year. 14 interceptions this year. And you look at some of the other guys. I mean, C.J. Stroud, he only has five. Dak Prescott, six. Brock Purdy, only seven. Uh, You go down to Justin Herbert, obviously his season is over. He only had seven interceptions. Josh Allen with 14 interceptions. I can't imagine, and I don't subscribe, and I will not agree to that. I think there are other quarterbacks uh, that, that would have to go to the top of the list. Look, if Dak has a bad game, all of a sudden he's going to fall off of that. Right now he's the favorite. He is right ahead of Brock Purdy on that list, and Lamar Jackson comes in right after that. But if Dak Prescott stinks up the place in Buffalo, then he's going to come off of that list. It depends on what Brock Purdy does in Arizona this week. I mean, they've got kind of a softie. They should have. They should be able to beat Arizona and, and continue to roll, and Brock Purdy could probably do whatever he wants. Um, San Francisco, and I know everybody says, and we've talked about this before, uh, that Brock Purdy's a system guy. He's a game manager. He's not a game changer. We had that whole discussion yesterday with the Cam Newton stuff. And again, the disrespect is just terrible. It happens everywhere I go because people want to talk sports all the time. And I love it. It's great because I'll be doing that anyway. 
but they all want to talk sports. And almost to a man, just about everybody I talk to, with the exception of James Pledger, I think he and I are on an island all by ourselves when it comes to Brock Purdy. And look, I'm not a I'm not saying I'm not a Brock Purdy fan. I'm not saying he should win the MVP. I just don't understand the disrespect for this young man. I don't understand it. Dak Prescott and and, and I could and as soon as I said that, and I mentioned Dak Prescott, and I think there's a lot of disrespect for him as well in a lot in a lot of ways. But Dak's an easy target. And the reason he's an easy target is because he's a great regular season quarterback, but he has struggled in the playoffs. Brock Purdy, I will submit to you that Brock Purdy, had he not gotten hurt in the NFC Championship game last year, the 49ers win that game and they go to the Super Bowl. But it was because he got hurt and they didn't have another system quarterback, apparently, to come in and, and, and save the day. They win that game, can never prove it, but I think they win that game, and they go on to the Super Bowl. I just, I just don't understand the disrespect for that young man. Josh Allen, I like the way he plays. He's a big, tough guy, runs with the football. He can make some throws. Uh, he takes some chances. That's why he has the interceptions that he has. But MVP, if he wins this game, I just don't see that. And it's going to be a difficult game for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think there's any question about it. Going on the road, a place that they haven't played in eight years. They have not been to Buffalo in eight years, which is kind of surprising. So just having said that, you know the Bills fans, the Bills mafia there is going to be fired up for this football game. You know, they come in, Dallas is America's team. They're rolling. They're playing well. The Buffalo Bills are desperate. That place is going to be rocking. It's going to be up to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys to shut them up. Are they going to be able to do that on the road? It's going to be interesting. They're going to get lucky, it looks like. Doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of cold weather. I think 40s is what they're saying. But there could be some wind. There could be some rain. And Mike McCarthy says that that really is the most important thing. I mean, I mean, it's easy. You know, every kid that's ever grown up Louisiana, you know, looks forward to playing up in the winter climate. So uh, it's been easy to enforce. No, I, th- I think the biggest thing is the football. You know, I, I think, you know, when you when you're you know have the opportunity to to, to live and, and coach in that climate, there's there's some things that change your your approach more than others. You know, whether it's wind, rain, temperature, and things like that. So temperatures is last on the list. Um, you know, so. Um, I'm, I'm more interested in the in wind and the rain. So, and that's, I think you gotta, you gotta, you know, maybe just your thinking then. You know, I, I've never been to Buffalo. Have you guys been to Buffalo? I know it's cold. It's, it's a place, I don't know, I'd like to visit there. Niagara Falls, right, is there. You can go see that. But it is windy. It does rain a lot. And, and that could be a problem for the Cowboys. They play great inside. Outside's a different story. And on the road more so than anything. You know, Stephen Jones is going to join us here at uh, at 4.30, a little less than an hour, about 45 minutes away. And we're going to talk about this game with Stephen Jones and, and a lot of other things. So stay tuned for that. But this is a huge game, more so for Buffalo, and I think they need it more so than the Dallas Cowboys. Now, look, the Cowboys need it just simply for the fact that uh, they want to shut everybody up. Guys like me, guys that criticize 
uh, that they can't get it done anywhere else, they need to get it done. The Cowboys can clinch a playoff spot with a victory in Buffalo this Sunday. But Mike McCarthy says it's really not that important. Focus on 11 wins, right? Hey, save it for next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you take the week off. You got a good question for next week. So. But, you, but, you, but you don't even talk. You don't even bring yeah, I mean, up. Yeah, I mean, that's the goal. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we understand. We want to we win our division. And, I mean, all the things we said at the beginning of the season, you know, nothing's changed. So we're just trying to keep our focus tight. And, you know, I'm not, I mean, I'm not up here to avoid the, the topic. But, I mean, it's, you know, 11 wins speaks for itself. Does it, Mike? 11 wins speaks for itself? Do you get a ribbon for that? A plaque you can put on the wall? 11 wins. That's us. They've won 12 win, twelve times the last two years. And then it just doesn't go anywhere. I just, you know, I just want to fast forward, but I, you got to play it out because I want to see where they're going. But I want to fast forward to the playoffs. Cowboys, if they, if they stay where they're at right now in the fifth seed, they're most likely going to play a dog over there, either Tampa Bay, Atlanta, or New Orleans. You have to be on the road, but you got to figure the Cowboys can be any of those teams. I, I, the Cowboys probably be favored in every one of those games, just like they were against Tampa Bay last year. But then it gets tough, and that's where they've got to prove it. And until they do, I've got to believe, and I'm going to keep harping on this football team. I, look, nothing would be better than to have the Dallas Cowboys in Las Vegas at the Super Bowl. Nothing would be better. It'd be, it's great for business. It's great for the show. It's great for the city. It's great for the state of Texas. It's great for everybody when the Cowboys do well. I'm not pulling against them. But they just haven't shown the ability to get it done. And look, I, and I know everybody's excited about Dak and, and how they're playing right now and all of that kind of stuff. But he does this every year. He's a great regular season quarterback. A great regular season quarterback. Get it done in the playoffs. Cowboys defense is going to have to be solid this week. Yeah, you don't come up against a guy like Josh Allen very often. Maybe Jalen Hurts, you can compare the two. Although, I think Josh Allen is a much better runner than Jalen Hurts is. But Josh Allen, very complimentary when it comes to that Cowboys defense. Their D-line is really damn good. You know, they, they fly around. They got some guys that just absolutely wreak havoc. So we're going to have our, our hands full in our protection meeting tomorrow. They're smart. They're savvy. Obviously with, you know, Gilmore, he's, he's a vet. You know, he's kind of running routes for people. He recognizes things. He recognizes splits. And the other guy's got the most pick sixes in, in a year. So they are very aggressive. They like to jump things. They play really good with each other. So we're going to have our hands full. i got to make sure that I'm not scripting my passes and, and making sure I'm switching my eyes up and my feet up so they're not, not able to jump some of our, our routes and just make sure we're good in protecting the football. You know, that sounds kind of weird, right? i got to mix my feet up, my eyes up, and all of that stuff. You can't, uh, I guess, uh, you know, Tell the secondary where you're going to throw it. Look here and throw over there. Um, it's going to be a great game. I, I, I'm looking forward to this game. Sunday, 325. You can hear it right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Uh, if, you're, if you're not in front of a TV, and even if you are, you ought to tune in and listen to the great Brad Sham. He um, makes it fun. He really does. And I'm, I, just, I look forward to this because, look, come Monday, I'm either going to be crowing that the Cowboys can't win on the road, or I'm going to have to eat humble pie. 
because they did get it done. They got it done on the road in a very hostile place, in a place where um, the Buffalo Bills are typically pretty good and very difficult to beat on their home on their uh, home turf. So you got to look forward to that, if nothing else. Now, if the Cowboys lose, I'm going to have a great time on Monday. You know I am. If they win, then, you know, you guys can come at me. Just bring it. Because I'll have to eat humble pie. Although they'll have to go to Miami and do it all over again the following week. But I'm going to give them a lot of credit. I will give the Cowboys a lot of credit if they go into Buffalo and win this football game. I'm telling you that right now. They will get a lot of credit from me if they can do that going into Buffalo. Because I think Buffalo wins this football game. I think they win it. And and maybe maybe I'm doing Cowboy fans a favor by saying that because I'm jinxing the Buffalo Bills. I'm giving the, the so-called Ryan Eagle jinx to the Buffalo Bills. I think they win this football game. They need it more. They're going to play more desperate than the Cowboys, and they're going to win this football game. And then that's going to start the avalanche of talk all over again as the Cowboys then have to go south and play the Miami Dolphins on their home turf. These two games are going to say a lot about the Dallas Cowboys and where they go. But I tell you what, it's going to be fantastic. Either way, on Monday, we have a lot to talk about. A lot to do, and uh, that's what makes this job so great, and especially when you have a fan base that is rabid about their Dallas Cowboys. But I just don't see the whole Josh Allen thing. Win, lose, or draw, I don't see him being the MVP or, or jumping to the top of the list. I just don't see it, especially if San Francisco takes care of business and Purdy has a good game, uh, no matter what Dak Prescott does. I just don't see that. Maybe he jumps up a notch or two, but I just don't see a whole heck of a lot. Going to be interesting. Mm. You guys have to help me out with something because Rudy J asked me a question a few minutes ago in the promo is to give him a reason to watch tonight's game. What is it that makes a football game entertaining for you? Is it just the fact that it's football? Or is there something else you need to see to walk away from that game and say, that was a good football game. We'll talk about all of that and a whole heck of a lot more as the Blitz continues right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons the San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz. On 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. Happy Thursday, everybody. This is the Blitz on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. Had a Jimbo. Oh, that was Elko. I knew that wasn't Jimbo. I like Jimbo's howdy a lot better than Mike Elko's. I got to tell you. See that? Howdy. It's kind of compact and howdy. Where Elko's like, howdy. (laughs) Howdy. 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 Yeah, Jimbo's a lot better, don't you think? I think Jimbo's better than Elko. Hopefully Elko's a better coach at Texas A&M than Jimbo Fisher was. That remains to be seen as they go through their gauntlet. Did you watch the SEC schedule release show last night? Uh, That was uh, interesting, I guess. I didn't watch it. I forgot all about it. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Watching the Spurs game last night. So I forgot about the SEC release uh, show. But when I got the schedule and I looked at it, I'm like, eh, okay, I guess it wasn't what I thought. But 
It's it still is SEC football. It still is exciting because the Horns, Oklahoma going over there. The A&M-Texas rivalry is going to be renewed. They're keeping the Oklahoma rivalry. So all of those things are good things. So uh, interesting, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting something else. I'm Joe Ryanagle. Jason Minix is off. James Pledger is back there punching the buttons and playing the music and doing a great job producing this show. Um, hope everybody's having a great Thursday afternoon out there. It is, uh, it's, it's one of those nice winter days, right? That kind of maybe gets you in that, in that Christmas spirit a little bit. I'm in the Christmas spirit because I'm a little bit late to the party though. Pledge, did you know that, uh, I've, I'm still putting up Christmas decorations today? Although I'm very proud of myself because look, I'm not a, uh, a mechanically inclined guy. I don't do projects well. I'm not a handyman by any stretch of the imagination. But Maggie bought this 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 garage door cover, and it says "Merry Christmas and Happy New Year" on it. It's really nice, and um, so I've been meaning to put that thing up, and then obviously I haven't done it. So I said, "Man, I got to do that." So get home from the gym today, and I I get out there and I start to put this thing up. Well, it's got a long tape thing of Velcro on it that you got to put on the garage door. Right, so this thing probably ten minutes tops is what it's going to take you. Right, it doesn't take long. So I'm, I'm I'm hanging this thing and I'm taping this down. The tape's really thick and sticky. It's real sticky. So I put it up and I actually I get it all up and I'm looking at it. And I'm going, wait a minute. The garage door's not going to open. I put it on top instead of on the garage door. So I had to take all of that down and start all over. So I did it and I put that up. Velcroed the thing on there. Had to take that down once because I, I didn't measure it up right, and one side was longer than the other. So it took a lot longer. It took me about 45 minutes on a job that should have taken me about 10 minutes. Then you put these little bungee cord things uh, underneath the garage. You hook them on there, and the thing lays flat. Finally got it done, and it looks great. Looks great. Now, we don't have a lot of Christmas decorations outside of our house. But that was one that, that Maggie wanted, my wife, and, and so we did it. She's happy. She likes it and all of that stuff. Then she's got these two boxes full of these carolers. They're carolers. And these big <laughs> things that go up on, on either side. We have two bookcases in the, in the living room there. And so we, we put those things up there. There's a, you know, a church scene or whatever. And so I had to put those up there. So the house is just about done inside and out and she wants a couple other things but you know finally we got it done and it is before christmas i wasn't out there like on christmas eve putting stuff out there so we got a couple of weeks that uh we can enjoy this stuff but i was really proud of that thing in fact i'm gonna go home take a picture of it put it on all the socials and uh make sure that you can all see my handiwork i mean i'm proud of you too because you did all this and you didn't come in with a hurt back or pulled leg or anything else that may have put you on the injured list. You know, a lesser man would have. Pledge. Hurt himself? Well, yeah. You know, I mean, look, I, I may not be good at it, but I put my mind to something. I'm going to get it done. Even if it takes a while, takes a little longer than the other guy. <laughs> yeah, normally, normally in a project, now not this one because it was pretty easy and I had to get it done. I mean, really, my manhood was at stake here, right? So I had to get this done. Now if I'm gonna put up a ceiling fan or build something or put a table together, then I'm calling somebody to get that done. But this I had to do. I was challenged and I had to do it. And I'd put it off 
And it's really not something, because we don't have the lighting outside that, that I'd like to have, and maybe that'll change at some point in time. But it's, it's one of those projects that you really can't do at night. You need the daylight. So that's why I had to get it done, and I, I told Maggie I would do it today, and I had to get it done today, and I got it done today, and I'm really, really quite proud of myself. I, I, I have to tell you that. So, um, and, and you'll see it. I'm going to post it all over the socials and, and get it, it done soon. Well, not when I get home, but tomorrow morning, because you can't really see it. Now, truth be told, in all transparency, there's little lights that are supposed to go around there, but, um, that's, lazy. yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> First of all, you gotta you gotta stick these little hooks in this thing, and then this 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 web of these lights that that are all tangled up anyway, and I can't get them untangled, so the lights aren't going up, and so so what I just heard was they're tangled. I'm lazy. I don't want to spend the time untangling. Them. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> translated into that. I'm not gonna do it. So if you want to enjoy the garage door, you're gonna have to come look at it at night. I mean during the day. Because at night, you're not going to be able to see it. Unless, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll run to Home Depot or Lowe's and get a spotlight or something and shine it on there just because I'm proud of the What's way the it looks. What's the point of Christmas decorations without lights? The whole point of Christmas decorations is to see them at night. These lights, Pledge, came with like fishing wire. And when I pull them out of the box, it's like it's a mess. And so I'm trying to untangle all of this stuff. And it's like it, there's no end to it. None. It's like a big ball of nothing. So I, I got tired of doing it. I, I got tired of doing it, and, and so I'm not putting it up. Now, there could be an occasion. Are they still selling Christmas lights at places, or is it too late? You know, Maybe you go, and now you get that 50% off kind of thing uh, that's going on right now. So maybe I go get some lights and, and actually hang some real lights. Oh, well, yeah, Fred says I just saw it Lowe's all lights and decorated. 50% off. I'm no in. excuses. I'm in. Thanks, Fred. I appreciate it. I'm going, but I'll hang some real lights. I've never seen lights with the fishing wire on them. I mean, so it's it's kind of kind of a cheap thing. I want to go get a, a real strand of lights. And then I just have to ask Maggie if I can put like nails up there and and holes in the. I don't know. We'll see. You're it, bound it, and it, determined to hurt yourself before it, this holiday season. It may over. be what it is. And that's just the way it's going to be. But we'll see. And that's Carlo on YouTube. Get a projector light. That's what I'm saying. One of those things. That may be what I have to do. Now, the guy next door to me has that, right, where you put that 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 spotlight in your yard and, and it's all these things is like twinkle, like you got lights all over your house. Perfect. Just borrow his. Well, maybe I will and just turn it towards my house. Yeah. I could do that. And he'd never know. I don't know if he ever checks his house. He just turns that thing on and and expects it to be there. So maybe I will. I'll just kind of kind of turn it a little bit. It'll shine on my house and it'll look like I decorated. I don't know. I just uh, you know, I'm I'm one of those guys though that I would really like. I like the blow-up things. Yeah, I'd like to have a big blow-up Santa Claus, a snowman in the in the front yard where you, they blow you turn them on and they blow up. But Maggie doesn't want that. So <laughs> I've got a snowman and I've got a Chevy Chase blow-up thing that my my brother and sister-in-law put in our yard one time for, you know, just as a joke. Well, I wanted to put that out. And I said, Maggie, see, we can put it in the backyard. <laughs> so I've got my own little display in the backyard of the stuff that I want. 
You can't see it with the street, but you know, you, 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 I can go in, in my backyard and enjoy all of that stuff. So that's what I'm going to have to do, I guess. But yeah, I'd like to have all of that stuff, you know, and, and some of these, uh, the houses on my block are like, you know, they've got the reindeer and, and, and all of this stuff happening. It's a real Christmas wonderland. Except at the Ryan Eagles. And I can't do it. Well, I got the garage banner up, Pledge. <laughs> I mean, it's better than it was. And, <laughs> I, I threw up an intervention banner. <laughs> and Maggie was happy because when she ordered this thing, I guess she didn't realize it, but the letters, the color of the letters matched the house. So that's what she saw, and she was happy. She had a smile on her face, and... And so I'm I'm having a great day, and and that's you know that's the way it goes, and and I'm happy. So if she's happy, I'm happy, and and everybody's happy, and we'll just all have a have a merry Christmas. But that's what I was doing today. I did that, and then you know I'm having a debate, and not on what it is, and maybe it's because of what I do. Sometimes I instigate these debates at the gym. Sometimes I don't, but it's just because people know what I do. Uh, for a living. So they, they want to talk sports and they want to debate. And my knucklehead brother is, wow, the NFL's terrible. It's horrible. And, you know, the games are they're horrible. Kind of sounds like Rudy J. So I'm like, well, what is your definition of a horrible football game? I want to know. What is your definition of a bad football game? I don't get that because, I, to me, there is no bad football game. There's just not. I don't care what sport you are. You could criticize that, oh, that's a terrible game. The hockey game finished nothing-nothing. To me, that's a horrible game. But a guy that appreciates soccer, or I mean hockey, might enjoy that because you're talking defense. People look at that game last week, three to nothing. Minnesota wins. They beat the Raiders. I didn't get to see it, but I would have watched that. It's not something I'm going to tune out of. It's football. I love football. It's my favorite sport, and so I, I enjoy watching football. And look, we have a limited time. The NBA season goes on for like you know three years at a time. It just never ends. The baseball season goes on the same way. Hockey season goes on the same way. Football season is limited, so I enjoy it. And I find enjoyment because you can watch and you can see things that are happening and players that are developing. I mean, it's kind of like tonight. My good buddy Rudy J., Asked me why he should watch tonight's game between the L.A. Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders when you've got a guy by the name of Easton Stick as the quarterback of the Chargers against Aiden O'Connell for the Raiders. You never know, Rudy. You never know. These guys could become the next Brock Purdy. Did you ever think of that? They could become the next Brock Purdy, and you would have missed it because you want to watch some horrible NBA game in the middle of December when nobody cares about it. What if Aiden O'Connell becomes Brock Purdy and leads the, the Las Vegas Raiders or somebody else to a Super Bowl? Easton Stick. I want to watch the game just because of that. That dude's name is great. The, nothing says quarterback like Easton Stick. A pretty good porn name, too, if you're asking. I mean, you know, East A. Phrasing. <laughs> I don't know why I went there. Sorry. But Easton Stick, yeah, I love stick. that. I mean, it was just fun. <laughs> exactly. Easton Stick. I don't think I've ever heard a last name of Stick. 
You think that's a made-up name, Pledge? Stick? No. Easton Stick. I can't wait to watch this football game tonight. Go home. I'm going to sit in front of the TV, and I'm going to watch this game. I'll watch every play. Until that game starts. (laughs) Until what game starts? The football game? Yeah. You're excited to watch it until it starts, and you're like, what in the hell am I watching? I can't wait to watch this game. It's going to be fantastic. Look, I mean, you, you look at it, the coach for Sandy, or for L.A. Is, is on the line. Maybe he's found his guy that will save his job. He's not on the line. Justin Herbert. He's what they call lame duck, Joe. <laughs> he is. He's done. He's done. He's got to be done, I would think. He has to be done. I can't imagine. All right. Well, that was my day. I hope you enjoyed that story. And, I, and I, <laughs> I, I'm pretty proud of myself for getting that thing up. And um, You should get an Easton Stick fathead to put up on the garage with that other thing that you put up on. Easton Stick. You think they have a fathead of Easton Stick? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it very seriously. I don't know where this guy came from. Rudy, watch the game tonight. You'll enjoy it because of Easton Stick as he leads the Chargers <laughs> over the Aiden O'Connell Raiders. He had gonna, a stick. I mean, it was just fun. It's going to be exciting. going to be exciting, Rudy. Watch the game. You'll be sorry. FOMO. FOMO. If you don't watch. All right, we're talking a little Spurs basketball. Um, are we giving moral victories to the Spurs today? They played horrible for three quarters, and then all of a sudden they looked like a completely different team in the fourth quarter. And almost, almost came that close to breaking their 17-game losing streak, which it was at the time. Now, unfortunately, it is 18. We'll talk about that. We'll hear from Victor Wimbanyama when the Blitz continues right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. This is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. I'm Joe Reinagle. James Pledger in there pushing the buttons, playing the music. San Antonio Spurs last night came really close to snapping their 17-game losing streak. Unfortunately, that 17-game losing streak turned into 18 games for the Spurs. They lose to the Lakers last night. No LeBron James, but the Spurs played great in the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter was fantastic. 45 points they scored in that fourth quarter, and they scared the heck out of the Lakers. Uh, but they didn't quite get it done. And we're giving moral victories today for the Spurs. Because let's face it, looking at the schedule, it doesn't look good for them to snap that streak anytime soon. Although, did a flip switch last night in the fourth quarter? We can only hope so, I suppose. Um, what do you think? Are we giving moral victories right now to the San Antonio Spurs? Six five six three seven seven six six five six ESPN. Let's go to the phone line. Sean, yeah, I think he has something figured out there. Sean, what's on your mind? How you doing, man? How you doing, Joe? Good, good. Thank you. Well, I appreciate all your hard work, man. First of all, I'm not giving no moral victories, man. I'm so tired of Keldon, no jumper, no jumper Johnson, and I'm so tired of Devin. Vaseline needs Vassell, you know, Vaseline needs, every time you need him, he got no legs. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm tired of it. You get paid millions of dollars, you got a contract that you wanted, 
make a three-point shot when we need it, man. If you can't do it, Danny Green's on waivers. Get Danny Green back in here, and let's get this thing rolling. All right, All Sean. Right. I hope you feel better, buddy. That's good. <laughs> man. See, that's what we're here for. You vent. That's the beauty of this show. We're here for you. It's time to get on there and, and vent a little bit. Look, the Spurs played great in the fourth quarter, but the problem is, and 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 Sean's right. I mean, there's still a lot of issues. We we went over all of this yesterday, venting a lot about Greg Popovich, about the team, and all of that stuff. Uh, but Victor Wimbanyama was asked last night, what was the key to that second half comeback? I think we, we took care of the ball at least a little bit, you know, like in the first half. And uh, we, we tried to, to step up the, intent, the intensity as well. I think we surprised them a couple times. That's it. All right, Spurs have another opportunity to take on the Lakers this Friday, tomorrow night, inside the Frost Bank Center. Uh, Will LeBron play? He didn't play last night. I think it was just a rest thing. I look for him to play. Will be his first opportunity and Wimby's first opportunity to go up against LeBron James. Stephen Jones joins us at the bottom of the hour talking some Cowboys football and, well, some other things as well. Stephen Jones will join us next right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to be judging meat and giving away a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. That's coming up here in just a moment. But right now, we are joined by Stephen Jones of the Dallas Cowboys, and it's courtesy of the Buyer's Barricade guest line. And Stephen, happy Thursday to you. Everything going okay? Everything's going well here, guys. We're just getting ready for a big, big game up in Buffalo. Boy, I tell you what, things have got to be going well. The Dallas Cowboys are, are playing some good football right now. You got to be very pleased with the way things are going on the field. Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, the guys are uh, really coming together. I think we're getting better every week. I mean, it all started after the bye, and uh, you know, I think we've played really good ball and. Uh, you know, we obviously lost the game to Philly. I think that uh, uh, certainly, uh, uh, you know, was a hard-fought game and thought we played well in that game. But, you know, overall, I think we, we're – it seems like we get better every week in all three phases and would expect that could, uh, to continue. Obviously, we got some football left in the season and we need to continue to improve and uh, want to be, you know, at a peak uh, when we head toward the playoffs. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, Stephen. Your quarterback, Dak Prescott, has been playing some great football. Maybe a lot of people say maybe the best of his career. What, what do you think when, when people start chanting MVP and, and he's in that conversation and even some folks say he's leading the way right now? Well, I think he deserves everything he's got coming his way, and he'd be the last to say that. Uh, the only thing he's worried about is uh, winning a championship for this football team. Uh, he's very unselfish. He's all about his teammates. Uh, you know, has a, I think he's rare in that area of leadership. And uh, now uh, certainly he's playing at a level uh, that matches his leadership skills. And, uh, you know, that makes for, uh, for winning football when your quarterback's playing at that level and, you know, you have someone the stature of Dak Prescott leading the way. Uh, he carries a lot of people with him. Certainly we have a, a lot of other great players on this team playing at a high level, whether it's a, uh, you know, a C.D. Lamb, uh, the offensive line as a whole, uh, Jake Ferguson, all those on offense, and then certainly uh, Dan's got him 
queued up there on the defensive side, guys doing special things like uh, Deron Bland, uh, certainly one of the best players in the league, and Micah. Uh, you know, the list goes on, and then you go over to special teams, and, you know, here, here comes a, an unknown kicker who used to be, a, well, not too far in his past, was a great soccer player, and, uh, you know, at, as a rookie, uh, sending some of his equipment to the Hall of Fame for some of his accomplishments. So, Ben, uh, everybody's, uh, you know, doing things the right way, and we got to continue to uh, trend in that direction if we want to get done what we, uh, uh, what our goals are. Yeah, no question about it. Stephen, join, uh, Stephen Jones joining us of the Dallas Cowboys here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. And, Stephen, going to Buffalo, it's a place that the Cowboys haven't been in a while, but obviously a very difficult place to go in and come out with a W. Oh, well, that's, uh, you know, that's one of the uh, those old special venues. Now, they got a new one. Uh, that's going to be coming up here soon, and I know their fans will look forward to that. But that's a, you know, just an uh, an amazing place. It's a very difficult place to play. Uh, you know that uh, that Bills Mafia up there is is tough sledding when they get rolling, and you know they just got a really good football team. Certainly, their quarterbacks in the MVP uh, race as well. Uh, he's unique and special. His size, his grit. Uh, you know they uh, they compete year in and year out with him at the helm. Uh, you know in the AFC over there to uh, as a Super Bowl contender. So we'll have our hands full. Uh, they've had some tough losses this season, which makes every game important for them uh, down the home stretch. Really important as well as uh, as they make their run for the playoffs. So I know we'll get their best, and uh, uh, we'll need to be prepared. It's going to be fun. I know Cowboy fans are looking forward to this football game. Steven, I've got to ask you, the, the NFL has come out and they're going to expand the international games, uh, adding a few. I know Brazil's going to be added next year. What are your thoughts on that, and what does that say about the NFL overall? Well, I think any business, uh, you know, big business uh, that wants to continue to have growth and succeed, they want to be a global a brand, a global enterprise, and certainly the NFL is no different. And we're really starting to see, uh, you know, once we took our regular season games, our games that were meaningful uh, overseas and, you know, to different countries, uh, you know, it's just been great feedback, uh, great interest, great growth. And, you know, one of the places when you look uh, for places this league can grow, uh, certainly internationally is at the top of the list. And, you know, there'll be a lot of a lot of things to consider as we move forward and hopefully have success by moving more of our games over there and, uh, you know, how that works uh, from a mechanic standpoint. Uh, you know, there'll be a lot to look at there, but uh, we've certainly had great feedback, great interest uh, in terms of what that can be uh, for the growth of the NFL and, you know, growing the pie in terms of our business and our fan interest. Yeah, no question about it. Well, Stephen, uh, we look forward to that next year, but in the meantime, we look forward to this Sunday. Best of luck to the Cowboys in uh, Buffalo. Hey, sounds great, guys. Always great being on. Appreciate it. Stephen Jones of the Dallas Cowboys joining us via the Buyer's Barricade guest line. All guests appear via the Buyer's Barricade guest line. It provides traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond. You can get them online at Buyer's Barricades. Dot com. Stephen Jones talking with us about the Cowboys uh, going to Buffalo this week. And uh, obviously, look, when you're talking about Stephen Jones, you talk to any of the Cowboys right now, um, they're excited. 
They're excited about the way this team is playing, and they should be. They're excited about uh, the way Dak Prescott is playing, and they should be. And you heard Stephen uh, during that interview talk to me about um, that Dak Prescott deserves everything that's coming his way. Now, we've asked Stephen before about the contract extension and all of that stuff that, that is certainly coming Dak's way. It will happen, uh, number one, because they have to. But this guy is playing well. He's putting it out there on the field. Now, I've said before, and I'll say it again, he's he always seems to play well in the regular season. He always does. But this year, there is something a little bit special about about what he's doing out there on the field. Um, this is going to be a good test for the Cowboys, for Dak Prescott, for everybody. And it's not because they're going out on the road. That's a big part of it. And they've got to figure out a way to win on the road. But they're about to play a couple of pretty good uh, ball clubs in Buffalo and Miami. And not only that, it's two teams that are right in the mix of a, of a playoff chase. Miami's hoping for that number one seed in the AFC, so every game is important to them. Buffalo is just fighting to get in to the postseason party. I don't know that Buffalo can afford to lose another game. I'm not saying that they've got to win out, but it certainly wouldn't hurt them. So this is going to be um, a, a big test for the Cowboys. And you heard Stephen talking about the Bills Mafia and that place and, and the stadium and all of that stuff. And, and it's a place where the Cowboys have not been for a long time. It's been eight years since the Cowboys have played a football game in Buffalo. And so all of that stuff is going to be important, every single bit of it. Um, and it's good talking to Stephen. You heard him talking about the international games. Um, we're limited with time with it. There's a lot to get into. I wanted to get into the uh, officiating situation as well. But when it comes to the international game, I don't know if you guys have heard uh, Jerry. Jerry was asked about it yesterday at the owners' meeting, and he basically said he was asked if the Cowboys were going to go. And Jerry said no. They don't want to give up a home game. <laughs> it's like it's okay for everybody else to go overseas and play, but the, the Cowboys no unless – Unless it is Mexico. He said that there are a lot of Cowboy fans in Mexico and that the Cowboys would be willing to, if they had to, give up a home game uh, for a chance to go back and play in Mexico. And I'm sure that's going to happen. If you haven't heard, the NFL yesterday approved a game in Brazil for next year. They had four games uh, overseas, two in Germany, two in England this past uh uh, this past season, this season that we're in now, and they're going to add Brazil next season. And then in 2025, they'll add three more games around the globe somewhere. So they're going to have a total of eight uh, in this season. And so they are expanding. And I said it yesterday, Pledge, mm-hmm. that those games in Germany, it was a lottery system. Two million people. Oh, yeah. We're vying for some 80,000 tickets. And so the game of American football is gaining in popularity uh, overseas just as much as it is here in the States. I got a question. Do other owners across the NFL get to pick and choose which international places <laughs> they want to go? You know, probably not. But, you know, everybody says Jerry Jones is the de facto commissioner. I mean, right. I mean, I think you've got Roger Goodell, you got Jerry Jones. I think they're they're intermingled. Uh, look, what Jerry does for the game of football, the NFL, 
is incredible. And I think when when you look at a Jerry Jones, whether you like him or you don't, the guy is is he's a salesman. He has done for the Dallas Cowboys what I don't think anybody else could do. And you look at some of the other owners, like a Robert Kraft, and yeah, they do a great job and, and they do their thing, but it's Jerry Jones who always seems to be leading the way um, uh, for the NFL. And he's a great spokesman for this league, and he's done a good job. So to answer your question, it was a roundabout way, but yeah, I think Jerry has that right and has, the, you know, he can pick and choose. And, and he said it yesterday. Look, we have, we sell out every home game. You know, some teams don't. I think that's why you saw Jacksonville play two games uh, overseas. You know, you got you got teams like that that maybe their home crowd is not as the Cowboys are. And so I think that makes a difference. And I think when you're looking at what teams are going to go where and play overseas, uh, that, that says a lot of it. And I think Kansas City sells out every game, yet they had to go to Germany. Well, maybe they wanted to, though. You know, I don't know. It's... Now, the players don't. I don't think the players are big fans of it. But if your ownership, and look, I'm sure the NFL compensates these guys. It's not like they're losing money. I guarantee you they get paid. So, And, and it may be better than they get paid when they have a home game. I don't know what the, what the exact numbers are, but I know they're big. So why wouldn't Jerry want to go expand his brand even further? Further than it already is being the most lo- profitable sports franchise in all of sports. I would love to ask Jerry Jones that question. And if I get the opportunity, I will. But he said that yesterday, and I thought that that was very interesting. The only place that he'd really want to go is Mexico because there's a lot of Cowboy fans there. And, um, you know, I, I guess it makes sense. I know they've played in, in Mexico before in a preseason games. It hasn't been um, a regular season game, and it, quite frankly, I can't. I don't think the Cowboys have ever gone overseas. I really don't. Yeah, think they that, have. Have they? They played Jacksonville in Jacksonville a few years back. In Jacksonville, or, or in <laughs> is that overseas played? Yeah, yeah. Jacksonville, London. Jacksonville, London. Hey, you know they're still talking about you know putting a team in London or somewhere overseas for good, and I just don't know how that would work. Uh, I really don't, and I, I if wish... If they're in your division, I'd feel so bad. Well, I would too, and I don't I, I don't know how that would work, just travel-wise. Because if you're going to play over there, I mean, every team that goes over there would have to have a bye week, I would think, um, afterwards. I, mm-hmm. You know, that's it's a good question. I hope it doesn't come to that. The NFL's going to make money. They're going to figure out how they're going to do that. But, I mean... Um, Man, to put a team over there permanently and to make that their home, that would be a difficult thing. And, and and I think that's why they haven't done it yet. But the fact that they're expanding to eight games in 2025 at different places tells you all you need to know. They wouldn't be doing that if they're not making money. And number two, there's interest. Obviously, there's interest in the NFL overseas. So... um you know, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. It really is going to be interesting to see. But, look, the NFL is a monster. It is a monster. And other sports franchise, other sports leagues could only dream of being what the NFL has grown into. The NBA would love it. You, you've heard Adam Silver talking about, you know, we need to, we want to be talked about like the NFL is talked about. Uh, they see it. They're not stupid. 
Um, Major League Baseball is just kind of on a planet on their own. Somehow they come up with $700 million for players, and I don't know where they come from, but, I mean, they just seem to be on a planet on their own. Every time you think they're failing, uh, they come up with contracts like they gave Shohei Otani. Um, so it, it's it's weird. It's interesting. And hockey's its own brand, too, obviously. Uh, soccer's its own brand. So you've got your clicks. The NFL appeals to everybody. And I think that's the difference. You're talking about when you're when you're watching an NFL game, it's it's an occasion. You know, it really is. People get together on the weekends, they barbecue, they have parties. You know, people get together and watch it. When you're talking about the NBA or Major League Baseball, an 82 game schedule in the NBA and a million and five in Major League Baseball, you know, it's hard to get excited week in and week out like you can for the NFL. And I think that's the difference. That's what makes it um, more profitable, more eyes on it than every other sport. And 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 it it's just more exciting. And the season goes by so much faster. I'm a big fan of the playoffs in the NBA. Love the NBA playoffs, and I love about March. The NBA season is exciting. Even when the Spurs are not in it, I enjoy watching that. I love college basketball when it gets to the tournament time in February. And then, of course, the big tournament in March. So much fun. Major League Baseball. I'm a big baseball fan. I like it. But it's the playoffs that are exciting. And I think that's what draws people. But it's not the day-in and day-out stuff unless you're just a hardcore junkie of that particular sport. The NFL is different. It's an occasion. It's appointment television, and it's 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 just different, and it, that's why it is just king, and it's not even close when it comes to everybody else. So, uh, and Jerry Jones is a big part of that. He is an absolute big part of that because he's an ambassador for this league, and he makes a lot of the rules. Don't fool yourself. Jerry Jones has a big say. So he's got Roger Goodell's ear, and and a lot of the things that he says. Um, Goodell listens to and the rest of the league pays attention to. I can't wait, speaking of appointment television, for this Sunday when the Cowboys travel to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. We're going to learn a lot of things about both of those teams. Are the Bills, have they just stumbled and they made mistakes to to get to where they are right now? They're 7-6. and six. They're fighting to get into the playoffs. The Cowboys are playing great football, but can they do it on the road? So a lot of questions are going to be answered when it comes to uh, both of those football teams this Sunday. You know, the Cowboys have an opportunity to actually win this football game and clinch a playoff spot does McCarthy care focus on 11 wins right hey save it for next week yeah yeah you take the week off you got a good question for next week so. but you but you don't even talk you don't yeah I mean that's the goal uh, but you know we, we, we understand we want to we want to win our division and I mean all the things we said at the beginning of the season you know nothing's changed so we're just trying to keep our focus tight, and you know, I'm not—I'm I'm not prepared to avoid the, the topic, but I mean, it's, you know, 11 wins speaks for itself. You know, everybody associated with the Dallas Cowboys now have that little—that smile in their voice, don't they? Everybody. You heard Stephen Jones a few minutes ago, if you were with us when he was on uh, the Blitz just a few minutes ago, and then you listen to Mike McCarthy, and he's got that same smile in his voice. Jerry Jones on his weekly visit at 105, the fan there in Dallas on Tuesday, he had a little more pep in his step and a little uh, you know, smile in his voice. Everything is good when it comes to the star 
uh, in Frisco for the Dallas Cowboys right now. Will that change? Well, it remains to be seen. Um, these next four games are going to tell a lot, not just for the Cowboys. It's going to tell a lot for the Philadelphia Eagles. Are they frauds? Some people are suggesting that. They've got to go to Seattle this week. They've got two games against the Giants, who seem to be resurgent these days. And then I think they've got the Commanders, which who knows what they're going to do. Yeah, I don't think anybody does. Clearly, Philadelphia has the easier schedule moving forward. San Francisco does not have that difficult of a schedule. Really, the toughest game on their schedule left, and it is a tough one, is the Baltimore Ravens. They've got to face them, and that's going to be tough. So the number one seed clearly up in the air. I mean, if I had to bet, it's San Francisco that's got the path that they should be there. Um and Miguel Martinez on our YouTube channel says, yeah, a playoff spot is inevitable. You're right. The Cowboys are going to make the playoffs. But a W keeps those division hopes alive. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't think the Cowboys can get to the Super Bowl if they have to go on the road. If they've got home field advantage, they win that division, and they've got some home games at Jerry World where they are very difficult to beat, then they their odds to make that Super Bowl in Las Vegas go up tremendously. It's so important, so important for the Cowboys to win that division. And they got to be looking back at that Arizona loss and just going, jeez. Nobody knew at that time how big that loss is turning out to be right now. Now, they can overcome that, but they need help. They're going to need Philadelphia to lose another game or two. They're going to need San Francisco to lose another game or two. That Arizona game, it was so costly to this Cowboys football team. And you look back on that, and look, Arizona's playing better, but at that time you had Joshua Dobbs as quarterback, and it, the Cowboys made him look like, you know, Joe Montana, Kurt Warner over there. They're going to look back at that if they don't win the division and look at that game specifically and just throw up. They're going to puke all over themselves. And they probably have been doing that anyway. But boy, that's it's, there's always that game. And Minnick says it all the time. And, and, and this I have to agree with him on. The Cowboys always lose a game they shouldn't. And they always win a game that they shouldn't. Now, I don't know which game they've won this year that they shouldn't have. They haven't done that. Um, maybe it's this week. Maybe it's next week in Miami. It will be the game that we can put in that category. But the Cowboys, really, to win the division, you almost have to feel like, at this point in time, just looking into the future, they've got to go 4-0, don't they? To win this thing and to win that division. And it starts this week in Buffalo. And if they win in Buffalo, there are going to be a lot of changing of the minds of Cowboy doubters, including me, quite frankly. It's still not the playoffs, but it is a quality win against a good football team in a building stadium that is very difficult to win in if you are the opposition. So it will start to change some minds. It will start to open some eyes to a team that you could legitimately then say has a great opportunity to take this thing all the way and, and win a Super Bowl. And it's been a long time, although, you know, Cowboy fans get their hopes up all the time, and this is the team, this is the year, and then it's wah-wah. They run into San Francisco or Philadelphia or whomever, 
and they just can't get it done. Lately, it's been San Francisco that's been the boogeyman. But it, it, you win this game, if you go down to Miami and win that game, then all of a sudden you got to start looking at this team as as perhaps, certainly if not the best team in the NFC, the second best team in the NFC, and you may already have them in that position, but I think you've got to go on the road and win. The Philadelphia Eagles went to Kansas City and won. Maybe that's not a, as big a deal as it as it once was with the problems that Kansas City is having. But it, it matters to go on the road and beat any team, especially a quality team with a quality quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. It is a big deal. And so we'll see what happens. That's why I'm looking forward to this game. There's always those, those few during the season that you look forward to. That one I'm looking forward to. And Rudy J, I'm looking forward to tonight's game. Chargers, Raiders, man, they hate each other. You can hear that game right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star, by the way. It all begins at 6.30. Look, we had to cut our Spurs chat short. Um, presented by Flight by Yingling. Thank you for that pledge. I don't want to leave that out. Love Flight by Yingling. So they are the presenting sponsor for that. We thank them for that. Uh, going to be a good game tonight. I can't wait to watch that. Can't wait to watch this weekend, and it's going to be a lot of fun. When we come back, we had to cut our San Antonio Spurs chat a little bit short because of Stephen Jones. We'll get back into that. And uh, are we handing out moral victories to the Spurs? You want to give them a moral victory? They won the fourth quarter, and they won it big. Is that enough for you? We'll talk about that, and we'll hear from Wimby when the Blitz continues right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Happy Thursday, everybody. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. You just about made it. A lot of you are getting off work about right now, getting in your car, ready to head home and enjoy a Thursday evening, doing whatever it is you do when you enjoy a Thursday evening. Hope you had a great Thursday. I had a great Thursday. It's been a great show, a lot of good stuff, a lot of things to talk about. We still have a lot of things to talk about here, including the San Antonio Spurs. And we've got some news on the Spurs that just uh, kind of broke a few minutes ago. Spurs have waived Sir Jabari Rice, uh, playing in Austin most of the time. They signed a guard by the name of David Duke Jr. to a two-way contract. Uh, he'd been playing in the G League uh, with the Delaware Bluecoats. So he is a guard. Spurs could use uh, one of those. Not the fighting blue coats. The blue coats. Can you believe that? The fighting blue coats. So he's coming <laughs> here on a two-way contract. Uh, he is a shooting guard, by the way, not a point guard. But um, they wave Rice and they get David Duke. So uh, sign him to a two-way contract. We'll see how that all plays out. I'm not sure um, what that means in the whole scheme of things, but. Uh, um, obviously, they liked the way he looked. They weren't thrilled out with uh, with uh, Sir Jabari Rice, so a little swap there. Wanted to get you updated on what happened. Spurs looked good last night in the fourth quarter. Before that, it was pretty sad. I mean, it really was pretty sad. Uh, I, I was thinking, man, they're going to go down. They're going to lose double digits again. LeBron's not playing. 
Anthony Davis was, which kind of surprised me. I really thought he would sit as well, but he didn't. Um, and the Spurs come close. They came really, really close. 45 points in the fourth quarter last night. Uh, and for the first time in a long time, maybe since those Phoenix wins at the beginning of the season, this team looked like, I mean, like they knew what they were doing and like they were hungry for a win. And they played like it. And it, it was just, it was a thing of beauty to see. I mean, it really was. Victor Wimbanyama with 30 points, 13 rebounds. This guy's been playing great basketball. Uh, he looks like he's getting comfortable. And, and I just think it's a matter maybe of all of them getting comfortable around themselves. Look, this is not a good basketball team. Uh, maybe it can develop into that, but the schedule's not getting much easier. They get the Lakers coming up tomorrow night. I would assume that LeBron James is going to play. I think last night not playing was simply load management since they played the night before in Dallas. So I highly expect LeBron to play. Then they've got the Pelicans coming in here on Sunday. And then they got to make a trip to Milwaukee. And that's not going to be easy. Um, so snapping that losing skid over the next three games could be pretty tough. Now, the Pelicans, you don't know. I mean, Zion Williamson, there are days when he looks great, other days where he just looks flat-out lazy. So you don't know what team's going to come in here on Sunday. But tomorrow night's going to be a tough get, especially if both of the big guys for the Lakers are in there. But I want to ask, and I asked a question before the break, are we giving moral victories to the Spurs? Yesterday, we hammered them pretty good. I did, you guys did, all of us did. And rightly so. Look, we were just getting it off our chests. That's what we were doing. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have to do that. We had Sean call us earlier, uh, and he was frustrated still, even though the Spurs did look better in the fourth quarter last night. But 18 losses in a row. I mean, that's just tough. 28 is the record, by the way. Now, Detroit may get there uh, before the Spurs do and and set a new record. I don't know. As long as the Spurs are chasing those guys, they have a pretty good... Um, Pretty good plan is to not uh, to not set the NBA all-time record. They've already set the franchise record, and that keeps going. But it was a good fourth quarter, and I'm going to take that, and I'm going to give them their credit uh, because they played well, and they looked hungry, and they looked like they wanted to win a, a basketball game. And quite frankly, there have been games where it didn't look like they even gave a damn. Last night in the fourth quarter, they did, and Pop even said so, by the way. He said that he actually felt better after the Houston game than he did in the first half of last night's game. Sure, you know, it's always the mantra, uh, especially for a young team. Uh, 48 minutes is a long time, you know. Uh, but tonight I felt better after the Houston game. You know, we did a lot of good things in the Houston game. We just were pitiful from three, obviously. But I felt a lot better after that game than I did at halftime tonight. Because I don't, I didn't think that we competed, and I didn't think we played wisely. Uh, we were sloppy, trying to do things quickly. Uh, we did nothing that the basketball gods would be happy about. Uh, second half, I felt good. I thought they played a basketball game. They competed. They made some pretty good decisions. Everybody makes mistakes. Both teams do. But on the second half, they they competed and executed to win. And so I'm glad about that. I want to see how it carries over to Friday. It is going to be interesting to see how it carries over to Friday. But I, I wouldn't even say the second half. 
Because the Spurs got beat in the third quarter. I mean, when you're just looking at, at numbers. It was the fourth quarter that they came out and really just kind of flipped the switch, man. It, it was it was great to see. And I wanted to watch that game because I was really excited with no LeBron there. And I know Anthony Davis is a hell of a player. But with no LeBron there, I thought, well, the Spurs have an opportunity here. And, and I think they thought that, too, in the fourth quarter, that they could come back and get the job done. And they came really close. Didn't happen. Victor Wimbanyama was talking about it after the game, and he was asked what were the keys to that second-half comeback. I think we, we took care of the ball at least a little bit, not like in the first half, and uh, we, we tried to, to step up the, intent, the intensity as well. I think we surprised them a couple of times. That's it. They surprised them a couple of times. I think they get, the Spurs have that opportunity to do everybody they play. They can surprise them. Because as bad as they've been playing, and they start playing as well as they did in the fourth quarter last night, then I think they'll surprise everybody. But it's consistency, right? It's consistency, doing it game in and game out. Look, you can't go into the fourth quarter down and try to score 45 points every time. It's not going to happen. So, Wimby, we got to ask, why does this team lack consistency? I mean, of course, and... uh you know the, the the answer is is it's not that easy and it, it's not easy at all and it's like sometimes we looking at looking at film we just think yeah I mean we could do that every time but like the reality of the court is we we have to make some reads and improvise at times and it's but of course m- like one of my goals is is to repeat what works and uh, looking back of, on the beginning of the season we can see some some change in some you know, we got we got better at it already, and uh, but it's it's a work in progress. You know, we're nowhere near, but on the right path for sure. You know, it's a work in progress. It kind of reminds me of all the highway construction. Yeah, you, know, you see you see little things, and then then it just continues on for forever. And it's like I, I don't know. I kind of compare the two. Yeah, it's a work in progress. We're gonna get there, and when it happens, it's gonna be really nice. But we got a long way to go, that's for sure. What do you guys think? Any moral victory? 656-3776. 656-ESPN. You can get me on Twitter, at JoeRyanEagle210. If you're watching on Facebook, we our Facebook, YouTube. I appreciate that. <laughs> Please like and subscribe if you haven't done that. You can comment there as well. Let's go to the phone lines right now. Gary, uh, what's on your mind, Gary? Are we giving out moral victories to the Spurs for that fourth quarter? I think moral victories suck, but, you know, I, one thing I could <clears throat> say about this game, I was impressed by the fact that you saw scoring about eight deep with the Spurs, which was great. I think that the Spurs, I might be wrong, but looking at the Lakers lineup kind of gave them an idea of what their lineup should be like. Don't be living and dying at the three-point line if you're making them. If you're making them, take them. But if you're not making them, take it inside. And Wimby was, my Lord, that guy, this is the rookie. Three years from now, <laughs> this dude is really going to be unstoppable. And the way the Lakers were playing is how the Spurs should be playing four quarters every game. They're going to win more than they're going to lose. Well, Gary, I, I hope you're right. And you're certainly right about, uh, about Wimby. Uh, the guy seems to be feeling his way, and he seems to be, um, you know, getting it, getting the NBA game. Thanks for the phone call, Gary. I appreciate it. Um, 
I think he will get continue to get better. I mean, this guy does some things that are really, you know, make you go ooh and ah and all of those kinds of things, and and, and that's exciting. But I mean, um, he needs some pieces around him. You know, I think Devin Vassell is a good player. I, I really do. Keldon Johnson's a good player. Uh, are those the right guys around Wimby? We'll see. We will see. And it's it's going to be interesting to see what this offseason holds because the Spurs have got to do something. Most likely going to be back in the lottery, so they should get another quality player. Don't know if they'll win it again. Maybe they will. This this franchise has been pretty lucky when it comes to that. But they should get a quality player. What do they do in the free agent market? That's going to be interesting to see. No moral victories, though. 18 losses in a row, including last night. Lakers coming up again uh, for the Spurs tomorrow night inside the Frost Bank Center. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the general, John McClain, will join us and uh, give us an update on C.J. Stroud and what his prospects are for playing this Sunday, this is the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Friday on r in the morning, it's football Friday starting at 645 with Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy. 730, we keep it rolling with blogging the boys, RJ Ochoa, and the Spurs are back in action versus the Lakers. Will LeBron go? I don't know. We have to wait and see. Now back to the Blitz. Joe, convince me to watch Easton Stick Versus Aiden O'Connell. I'll wait. Easton Stick. That's all you need to know right there. Maybe the greatest football name ever. Easton Stick. So you got to watch that guy and see what he can do, right? Uh, this is the Blitz. I'm Joe Reinigle. Jason Minix with the day off. James Pledger back there pushing the buttons and doing all of that kind of stuff. Hey, before we go to the general, though, we've got some tickets to give away. Tesla at Aztec Theater. You can win a pair of tickets right now to see Tesla Keeping It Real Tour 2024 at the Aztec Theater June 5th of next year. All you got to do is be caller number 9 right now at 656-3776-656-ESPN. Let's get to the general. John McClain joins us via the Buyer's Barricade guest line. And, oh, John, I tell you what, can you help me convince Rudy and why he needs to watch tonight's game with Easton Stick at quarterback? Nobody wanted to watch Tommy DeVito or Jake Browning or old man Joe Flacco roll off his couch to go to Cleveland, and those three are doing pretty well, not to mention Will Levis had to play because of an injury. I don't blame him. Stick, you're right. First thing you notice about him is his name. But I'll tell you what, there's so many backup quarterbacks playing, you can't get away from it. It's just amazing how many starters are out. C.J. Stroud's not going to play at Tennessee. They need him desperately. They've got Will Anderson, Jr., Blake Cashman, Nico Collins, a right tackle, George Fant. I believe none of those guys will play, and they're sending Davis Mills, a backup quarterback, out there to start a game that the Texans need to win. It's a must-win situation since they stunk it up so bad at the Jets. Well, you know, John, and that was the question. You answered it for me. So, is C.J. Stroud, have the, have the Texans ruled him out, or are you just, from what you're hearing, he's not going to play? No, he hadn't practiced. He's not going to play. It's it's not out of the question when a guy gets a concussion that he comes back the next week. Derek Carr did it two weeks ago. Brock Purdy did it in October. But it's rare. And you've got the – there's – 
there's five protocols you got to pass, and one of them is working out lightly before you have full drills. He hadn't even gotten on the practice field. There's where he's not going to be able to play against Cleveland here on Christmas Eve. So uh, Texans are – They've already done better than anybody thought they would. You know, they were 7-5, stinking up against the Jets, 7-6. They play the Titans at Tennessee. They host Cleveland, host Tennessee, and finish at Indianapolis. And right now, Houston and Indianapolis are tied for second place, one game behind Jacksonville, and the Jaguars are playing Baltimore. If the Texans had beaten the Jets and beat the Titans, they'd be in first place. If the Jaguars lose at home to Baltimore, and the Jaguars have been – mediocre to bad at home you know john I, it is amazing and, I, and i'm sorry for cj stroud i really am I, I mean he was playing so well but i've got to ask the question that i think a lot of texans fans are asking why not case keenum uh because davis mills was the start of the last two years case has been mostly a backup case was uh he's been in training in off season and training camp he was either the starter or when they finally named Stroud, he became the backup. So they got a great situation. Two quarterbacks who started multiple years, one of whom is a miracle worker because of the Minnesota miracle, and the other one, Davis Mills, C.J. Stroud wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Mills beating Indianapolis with a touchdown pass <laughs> and a two-point conversion, forcing them to get the second pick and leaving the top pick to the Bears who traded to Carolina to took Bryce Young and they got stuck with CJ Stroud. I tell you what, John, I, that's that still brings up bad memories. I lost money because of that touchdown pass, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> We're visiting with John McClain, who covers Houston sports for Sports Radio 610 and the Utopia podcast. Uh, John, so many things to talk about. I mean, the Texans being there, they still have an opportunity, uh, although with C.J. Stroud out, the, the odds go down for sure, to win that division, which is just incredible to me uh, watching that. When you look at that division right now, and if C.J. Stroud is out and you don't think uh, that the Texans have a shot, who has the better odds, the Colts or, or, or the Jags? Uh, well, I would think the Jaguars because they have their quarterback and they have some talent. They're favored to win the division. They won last year. They've been struggling lately. Like a lot of teams, they have, they're hosting Baltimore. They're 8-5. and five. Baltimore's 10-3. and three. Jaguars, no threat to get the top I mean, the home field advantage in the AFC. But uh, Indianapolis and Shane Steichen, the first-year uh, head coach, has done a terrific job. But they, they, they've been uh, – their schedule has – they've been beating a bunch of bad teams. Texans have played – let's see, the Texans' schedule, they have played more teams with winning records than the uh, – then the Colts have and the Texans have a winning record against teams with winning records. So that last game, tell you what, Joe, it could be for the playoffs. It could be for coach of the year. It could be for executive of the year. We know what it won't be, NFL offensive rookie of the year, because that's already been determined. That's already sewed up. You're no, no kidding. C.J. Stroud has that. Visiting with the general, John McClain, here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. John, I've got to ask you, there's been a lot of criticism about the officiating in the NFL, and it seems more so this year than others. What, what are your thoughts on the officiating? I think the officials have done a lot of It's terrible that we just 
paint a paint a, with a big wide brush because a lot of officials do a good job. They either make too many calls or they don't make enough. That play Kansas City, Kadarius Tony went brain dead. He was clearly <laughs> offsides. It should have been called. And it, my God, the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have gotten so many calls in their favor because everybody loves them. I think they've been very frustrated. Their receivers lead the NFL in drop passes, I believe 38 or 36. By comparison, the Texans have 18. So Mahomes and Andy Reid are frustrated they've been losing. So um, there's two things that I believe will happen. The first one, there's been a push behind the scenes with coaches, but the owners have to approve it. And usually the owners will do what Roger Goodell wants. They'll have a sky judge. Who's, uh, it could be in New York. It could be a guy back in New York focuses solely on each game. Could have a former official. Got big flat screen TVs right in front of them, just like we have at home. And they can see a play and they could say, hey, you know, uh, he was, kid was offside. You made the right call. By the way, uh, that's past interference. He was mugged. Throw the flag. It doesn't take five seconds to say that. The other thing I like, Bill Belichick has proposed for years, and they haven't done it. Let the coaches challenge anything. You don't add challenges for the coaches. You just give them the option of challenging anything. It wouldn't make the game longer. And they're, that Because sometimes we see plays, we go, oh, Mac, what do you mean? You can't challenge that. And and he has been an advocate of that, and I've agreed with him forever. And people are like, oh, my God, they'd be challenging everything. No, they wouldn't. They have the same number of challenges they have now. Yeah, no doubt. And you got. I think you have to do something, especially with the technology that's available uh, right now. I know Jason Minix uh, has been a proponent for that sky judge for some time, uh, and, and something like that would be good. I just think with the technology, we need to do it. One other question, John, before I let you go. The Tennessee Titans are going to look like the Houston Oilers this week. What uh, What are your thoughts on that, and uh, are, are people in Houston a little riled up by that? You know, a couple of talk shows have been trying to get them riled up, but they're more interested in injuries in a must-win situation. It was a big deal back when the Titans announced they were going to do it for two games, the Falcons and the, and the Texans. They had their annual Oilers-Titans reunion before the Falcons came because they knew the weather would be good. You can't do it this time of year because you never know. It's going to be strange seeing them in Columbia blue, but all the others love it. And if they love it, I do too, but it's not as big a deal down here as it was. If they lose, it's not going to be because of the uniforms. And if they win, you know, it's not going to be because of the uniforms, but that blue is sure going to look good. It is going to look good. There's nothing to look better. What are you writing about this week, John? I've got a column right now about Derrick Henry. In his last five games against the Texans, he's averaged 203 yards a game and 7.1 a carry. And the Texans, though, are playing their best run defense since 2018. Can they contain him and limit him to double figures for the first time since 2019? Joe, thank you very much. John, we appreciate your time. The General, John McClain, covers Houston sports for Sports Radio 610 and the Utopia podcast. Read him at Sports Radio 610.
Always good stuff. And, of course, the General John McClain joining us courtesy of the Buyer's Barricade guest line. All guests, in fact, appear via the Buyer's Barricade guest line. Buyer's Barricades provides traffic control rental and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com. So there you go, Pledge. People in Houston not all that upset, according to the General John McClain, that uh, the Titans are going to wear... Houston Oiler throwback uniforms. I think it's going to be fun to see that uniform out there. I'm upset. You're upset. Well, that's all that matters, Pledge. You're upset, so that's all that matters because you're the only Houston Texan fan that I know. <laughs> so I will take your uh, your your word for it. Love talking with John McClain uh, about a variety of things. And I hope Rudy J was listening because John McClain summed it up better than I could have. When it comes to watching tonight's football game between the Raiders and the Chargers, Tommy DeVito, you didn't want to watch that guy, and he's lighting it up right now. Brock Purdy coming in. Nobody knew what he was going to do. Lighting it up right now. You just don't know, Rudy J. Easton Stick. Could be the next superstar in the NFL. It's possible. You never know. I hope he is, man. As I love that name. Easton Stick. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Cowboys are in Buffalo. Yeah, big game for your Dallas Cowboys. We will talk about that. Plus, the SEC schedule was released. Did you guys watch that? And we're going to judge some meat, by the way, and give away a $50 gift certificate. All of that is coming up next as we continue here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Yeah, that song has really grown on me, Pledge. It really has. I like that song. Nice. This is The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. I'm Joe Reinagle, James Pledger. The question is, yeah. which song's grown on you more, that one or this one? You know what? In this building, you can't hear anything because it's like a club. It's like a, it's like a South Beach club. It's just it's thumping techno club music. Thumping techno club music. Thumping techno club music. Thumping techno club music. I don't think you can listen to that and not bang your head or tap your foot or dance or whatever. <laughs> Man, I love that. That if, if you don't know what that is, Steve Curry at one point in time complained about how loud it was uh, in the arena there where the Phoenix Suns play. And the DJ, well, he took advantage of that and made a little mix out of that. And it's a great job. And Steve Kerr was asked about it, and he said, man, this is uh, he, he thought it was great. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the beauty of Steve Kerr. He just kind of lets things go, and, and it's just one of the – one of the guys, if you will, when it comes to stuff like that. But, man, I love that song, Pledge. Yeah, I, you know, that's got to be a part somewhere in this show on a regular basis because I just love it. And the way that guy mixed all Steve Kerr's stuff in there was just kind of cool. In this building, you can't hear anything because it's like a club. It's like a, it's like a South Beach club. It's just it's thumping techno club music. Thumping. Techno club music. Thumping. Techno club music. Thumping. Techno club music. I see y'all out there dancing. I see you tapping your steering wheel. I see it. I see it. 
Ah, it's nice. I like that. I really do. Um, boy, I tell you what, we have had a lot to talk about today. It has been a good one, um, and and it just continues. That's what I love about this time of year. We do have a football game coming up tonight, uh, right here on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. The L A Chargers, led by Easton Stick, will take on the Las Vegas Raiders, led by Aiden O'Connell. That's coming up here. Uh, at 6.30 tonight, we're going to get you started, get you prepared for that. James Pledger will have extra innings with Pledge before that to lead you up to game time or to the pregame show. And um, look, I, yeah, give it a shot. You got to give it a shot. You just never know how these guys are going to be. So give it a shot, and then we'll talk about it tomorrow. If you didn't like the game, then you didn't like the game. Look, I, I watch any football game. I'm a football junkie. So I don't care who's quarterbacking. I'm going to find some beauty in something, right? I can't wait. You know, look forward to big games like like we're going to see on Sunday. Cowboys at Buffalo. By the way, John Machado with the Athletic will join us tomorrow here on the Blitz at five fifteen. Uh, was at the Star today, and uh, Micah Parsons apparently talked a lot about Josh Allen. He says he's a big fan of Josh Allen. This is Micah Parsons talking. And he says, uh, John's got him quoted as saying, you know, Josh really doesn't believe in sliding. Josh reminds me a lot of one crazy guy at the frat. He's that wild dude on the field. He wants to dip his shoulder, talk trash, and... (laughs) Sorry, let me get to it. Uh, uh, Talk trash, he's going to get rowdy. Now, that is a quote by one Micah Parsons. I love that. That's pretty cool. Josh reminds me a lot of that one crazy guy at the frat. He's that wild dude on the field. Well, at least they know what they're getting into. And and I don't know that you've seen anybody. I mean, I'm, we're trying to compare a Josh Allen to, I don't know, maybe a Jalen Hurts in some ways, but I think it's different. Josh Allen is one of those guys, and, and Micah is absolutely right. He does not believe in sliding. He just doesn't. And he's going to bang with you. And... <laughs> Boy, you know, you you hate to see that stuff. And I don't think he does it as much as he used to. And when I say I hate to see it, look, it's great football. And I love that. But I mean, um this guy's just not gonna go down. You know, he's gonna he's gonna punish you as much as you're trying to punish him. And and that's the beauty of it. And I just think this ball game is gonna be so much fun because look, the Cowboys have not been to Buffalo in eight years. They've not played in that place in eight years with the Bills Mafia. The Bills are a desperate football team trying to make the playoffs. Right now, they're on the outside looking in. So they need every win that they can get. It all starts this Sunday in Buffalo. That's what's going to make this fun. Cowboys have something to prove, I think. They're playing good football, but a lot of those wins have come at home. Can they do the same and have that same production when they get into a hostile environment like they're going to face uh, in Buffalo this week because they are going to face the Bills Mafia and a very hostile, hostile crowd there, and it's going to be fun. Not as cold as it should be. Uh, the high is supposed to be right around the 40s or so, but Mike McCarthy was worried about the wind and the rain and and wet footballs, and I think the Cowboys are doing that in practice. They're practicing with the wet footballs and doing that stuff, so they'll they'll be ready to go with it. Um, but it's going to be fun. 
Uh, and so I think for both teams, the, the, the Bills desperate to make the playoffs. The Cowboys, I think, I wouldn't call them desperate, but certainly could use a, a win on the road against a quality team. That's the thing. On our YouTube channel, uh, Fred Robert Casares Jr. says, what are the chances of UTSA getting Malik Murphy? You know, Fred, I would love to say that there there is a chance that they could do that. I just think that Malik is going to be offered more money than perhaps the UTSA Roadrunners can come up with. And that's the unfortunate thing about what's going on in college football right now. Malik Murphy's a talented guy. Um, he just is kind of lost in the shuffle there at Texas with Quinn Ewers coming back. And Arch Manning there waiting in the wings, um, it, it was just he's kind of the odd man out. But I think he's going to get some offers. Boy, that would be fantastic uh, if UTSA could snag a guy like that. And maybe Malik would just want to come play for, for Jeff Trailer. But I think he's going to get offered more money than UTSA can come up with. Wait and see. But I think that's going to be the case just because he is a very talented athlete. Highly recruited, by the way, by the Texas Longhorns. It's just that they were very fortunate to get a guy like Arch Manning. And and that's the way it is. And he's waiting in the wings. And, well, Malik just didn't see a path forward there at Texas where he could actually get out on the field and play. So, um Good question, though. I mean, it would be great if, if uh, UTSA could snag a guy like that, uh, especially with Frank leaving, because they're going to have to find somebody to replace him, and that's going to be big shoes to fill. Uh, there's no question about that. Um, San Antonio Spurs played well last night in the fourth quarter. Before that, not so much. 45 points in the fourth quarter they scored, and um, they looked good. You know, I got to give them credit. I, you know, it's easy to bash them for this 18-game losing streak, uh, and and to some extent, you still have to do that, and it's still very frustrating. But the fact that they looked the way they did in that fourth quarter, um, I mean, they looked like a team that was hungry to pull out that win. And with all the stuff, I mean, look, all of these guys are competitors. Every one of them, they they don't like this 18-game losing streak. Because that's all they hear about. You've lost 18 in a row. Franchise record. You know, you're closing in on the NBA record, which is 28, by the way. Still 10 to go, but the schedule doesn't get much easier. So it, it's it's they're tired of hearing it. As tired as we are of watching it. And I was happy to see those guys last night come out in the fourth quarter, flip a switch, and damn near pull out a hell of a win, and it would have been a hell of a win. There's no doubt about it, but uh, they come up a little bit short, so that uh, losing streak is intact. They'll get another shot at the Lakers tomorrow night. The question is, though, um, the Lakers are only going to get better, I would assume, because I, I, I'm assuming that LeBron James is going to play. didn't play last night because they had played the night before in Dallas, and so I, I'm, I'm not sure LeBron's going to play back-to-backs, but I have a feeling he'll be in there uh, tomorrow night, as will Anthony Davis, who did play last night, um, which kind of surprised me. But um, So it's going to be tough. And then after that, they've got the Pelicans coming in here on Sunday, and then they've got to take a trip out to Milwaukee. So maybe they can find a win tomorrow night, Sunday. Who knows? The Pelicans might be an opportunity for those guys. Uh, it all depends on Zion, right, whether he's uh, had too much to eat or is he feeling uh, feeling lazy on a Sunday afternoon? We'll have to wait and see. But um, Spurs, man, 
It's tough, but last night gave me some hope. I mean, it really did. The fourth quarter gave me some hope that these guys just might be able to put it together. Now, the question is, can they do it for more than a quarter? Uh, you know, can they string a couple of quarters together, three quarters together? Maybe we'll hope beyond hope that maybe they can string four quarters together. Who knows? All right, it is Thursday, right? And it's uh, besides the hump day. Thursday is really one of my favorite days of the week because I get Always to judge like my meat. Big, I get to judge meat. It's what we do on Thursday. Grilling with the Blitz, presented by Tri County Meat Market. A lot of good stuff on there. I appreciate you guys going and uploading your photos of what you're cooking. And uh, I say I judge meat today. I judge some fish. <laughs> it was a fishy kind That's of day. Meat. Well, that is meat, right? Salmon on the pellet grill with rosemary and thyme. That sounds like a song, doesn't it? Rosemary and thyme. I think there was a song like that at one point in time. Um, you, it, it looks pretty. I, I'm not a fish guy. I'm, I'm really not a fish guy at all. But the fact that uh, this this looks pretty good, and the uh, the uh, email is dnup2001 at yahoo.com. Congratulations. You won a $50 gift certificate to Tri-County Meat Market. You are this week's winner. You can go in there and do something besides fish. Uh, Maybe a nice steak, a brisket, a prime rib. Who knows? But you're going to have 50 bucks to spend there at Tri-County Meat Market. Congratulations to you. And don't forget, we do this every Thursday. So you know you're going to be cooking this weekend. Take a picture, upload it at sasportstar.com, and we will judge your meat Come next Thursday. There's also something else we do on Thursday's play. It's thumping techno club music. Thumping techno club music. Thumping techno club music. Thumping techno club music. The Blitz wants you to know what's on tap. Presented by Sam's Burger Joint. Yeah, maybe a little Steve Kerr music on there. What's on tap? It is brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint. For a full lineup to get tickets or to see their menu, go to samsburgerjoint.com. Tonight, they've got a Lonely Hearts Club. It's a tribute to the Beatles. That ought to be a lot of fun. Tomorrow night, Dead Eye. It's a Grateful Dead tribute. Saturday, the Drop Tines will be out there. Sunday, Sue Foley. And then Wednesday, John Cortez. The John Cortez band. All of that out at Sam's Burger Joint. Looking for something else to do tonight? Well, the Frost Bank Center. It's for King and Country. Yeah, Christian band out there for King and Country out at the Frost Bank Center tonight. Out at Green Hall tonight, you've got Hot Club of Cowtown. That sounds like a, a good time. The Hot Club of Cowtown. LOL Comedy Club tonight. Josh Blue. And uh, then we go to Friday night, and you got something else happening out there at the Frost Bank Center. Spurs taking on the Lakers. That's at the Frost Bank Center. I know a lot of folks will be out there because you are expecting to see LeBron James. By the way, that game is going to be televised on ESPN. So ESPN also expecting a LeBron James sighting there tomorrow night. ACL Live tomorrow night, Explosions in the Sky. How about Floors Country Store? Always a good time. Grady Spencer and the work. And at Green Hall tomorrow night, you've got Hayes, Carl, and Friends, Grateful for Christmas Tour. Then how about this? At the Aztec Theater Pledge, we got Parliament Funkadelic featuring George Clinton. 
We've got some tickets to give away for that right now. If you're caller number 7 at 656-3776, 656-ESPN, caller number 7. Get a pair of tickets to go see Parliament Funkadelic featuring George Clinton. We've got the Vibes Event Center upon a burning body. Charlene Empire Theater, Ali Sadiq is out there on Friday night. LOL Comedy Club has Josh Blue Saturday night at the Majestic Theater. A magical Cirque Christmas is going to be out there. At the Frost Bank Center on Saturday night, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame Series, Baylor's going to be taking on Miami, Ole Miss versus Cali, and then Tennessee's taking on NC State. A lot of good college basketball out at the Frost Bank Center on Saturday. Floors Country Store has Creed Fisher on Saturday night. Paper Tiger, Emo Knight. And at Green Hall, you've got Aaron Watson. So a lot happening out there on Saturday night. What's on tap? It's all brought to you by Sam's Burger Joint. Again, go to samsburgerjoint.com for the full lineup. You can also get tickets there. You can see their menu and all of that stuff. Sam's Burger Joint's a great place. And it's a good place for, for concerts. It really is. Had an opportunity to see a U2 cover band there uh, not too long ago, and it was a lot of fun. You get a nice burger and fries, and then you go see some good music and listen to some good music and dance around and do all of that kind of stuff. So uh, lots happening this weekend. And, of course, if you're looking for something to do on Sunday, make plans to go out to the Twin Peaks at I-10 and Day Zavala. James Pledger will be out there. He's got a lot of tickets to give away. And he's going to get you ready for the Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills. One to three pledge will be out there. Uh, he's going to be giving tickets away. Uh, the rest of the football games are going to be on. You just go out there and make a day of it with James Pledger as he uh, will be at the Twin Peaks at De Zavala and I-10. James, in fact, has uh, a show for you coming up here, extra innings with Pledge, and he's going to get you ready for the football game that we got coming up here on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. The L.A. Chargers taking on the Las Vegas Raiders, a couple of uh, quarterbacks, but uh, the Chargers have a guy by the name of Easton Stick. So I like Justin Herbert, but I'm looking forward to seeing Easton Stick. I want to see this guy play. I'm going to be glued to the TV. Can't wait to watch this football game. It could be very exciting. And as uh, in the words of the general John McClain, you never know. He could be the next Tommy DeVito. Could be. Could be the next Jake Browning with the Cincinnati Bengals. You never know who he could be. Maybe the next Brock Purdy. Easton Stick. Dude, you got to play well tonight because I want to see you remain in the league. Easton Stick. Best name in football. Are you kidding me? Best name in football, Easton Stick. Can't wait to see that. Hey, I appreciate you guys hanging with me tonight. It has been a lot of fun, a lot to talk about. we got a lot to talk about. We'll do this again tomorrow uh, as well, right here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting when you're sitting up here and you get to say everything you want to say because Minix, he interrupts me all the time. All the time. All the time. You know, I just get on a roll, and Minix just chimes in. And so it's kind of nice to be here to be able to say what I want to say. And, you know, you guys can chime in if you want to, and and that's all good. And uh, But, you know, it's just it's, it's fun to be able to talk and just get it off your chest. So I look at this, while you guys can call in and complain, whether it's the Cowboys or Spurs or whomever you want to complain about, get it off your chest. 
That's what I'm doing. That's been the beauty of this. Getting it off my chest. You know, taking the time to just vent. Because I don't get to do that. It's been like therapy for you. I don't get to do it, Pledge. I don't complain about anything unless I'm here alone. <laughs> Can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we got John Michelle coming up tomorrow. We also have Jane Slater, who normally joins us on Wednesday, but she's going to join us uh, on, uh, tomorrow. She had a conflict on Wednesday, so she's coming in to talk to us tomorrow. It's going to be a big cowboy segment uh, with both Michelle uh, and with Jane Slater, so I'm looking forward to that. And it is time to start getting excited about that uh, about that football game. And of course, the Spurs and Lakers tomorrow night. Lots to talk about. I hope you make plans to join us here on the Blitz, right here on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star and Pledge. What are you talking about tonight? Well, I'm gonna let those fine folks hear Stephen Jones when we start off the show and nice. what he had to say about the upcoming game against Buffalo and the international series Perfect. being extended and stuff like that. We'll get you ready for that game against the Bills, what it means for them, and what I think the uh, Cowboys are going to do on the way out. And, of course, the Spurs. 18 in a row, but Wimby. 30-13-6, man. He's playing well. Just some of those other guys, he can't do it on his own. That's the problem. So, James Pledge, your extra innings with Pledge. That's coming up next right here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's the Blitz with Jason and Joe. Follow Jason at Jason Menace and Joe Reinagle at Joe Reinagle 210 on YouTube and always at sasportstar.com. sasportstar.com. Hasta la vista, baby. KTFM Floresville.